this is Mr. Technical Barry Horowitz, a.k.a. Mr. F-U-Up, a.k.a. Legendary Jewish, wait for it, professional wrestler personified. Now, if you want the hottest podcast going, because this shit is hot, it's the Three Sweet Me Bro podcast. You guys need to listen to it. It talks about wrestling. It talks about organizations. It talks about Mr. Technical. It talks about anything to do with professional wrestling. Tune in for the finest. I'm tuning in. When you want to see, hear a hot podcast, listen to Mr. Technical. Pat yourself on the back. Say you're a badass. And that's all you got to do. That's because Mr. Technical said so. If you don't believe me, ask me. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever the case may be. This is Mike, Tom, and Jim. We are Three Sweet Me Bro, and this week we have a very special show for you. It's our very, very special 2022 year end wrap up. We're going to talk about the best wrestlers. We're going to talk about the best matches. We're going to talk about some of the not so great things that happened in the year 2022. So stay tuned. We have a very special episode coming up right now. Kind of touch on some stuff that's happening. It just seems like news just keeps happening and happening and where it's been like, what? To like, oh, God, no. Like to like. Oh, shit. We are going to cover uh, what we thought were the, uh, fuck it, we'll call it the four most important uh, newsworthy or clickbaity events of the year. Uh, Really top three, we have one honorable mention, uh, which we will start with, uh, which uh, ultimately ended up being um, uh, one of my picks was uh, when Mr. Tony Khan announced that he was buying Ring of Honor. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this, um, but uh, Tony Khan's really good at keeping um, not necessarily secrets, but he's really good at the like, huh? you got to tune in. And it's like, all right, I'll bite, you know, and then the, I don't particularly remember because it's been a year. Uh, but if there was I don't remember a lot of buzz around this. And I I think, Tom, um, uh y- you and I were talking and had said, what could it be? And maybe I think maybe he bought ring of honor. Like it was a, like, maybe, you know what I mean? And when he announced that, I know the reaction in the crowd was, it seemed good, but I know the hearts of wrestling fans everywhere probably grew two sizes too big. And it was, uh, you know, it, it was a big event um, because as just as, as, as my wrestling love has grown over time um a big portion of that um is independent wrestling and ring of honor is just is independent wrestling that's i I think all three of us can agree you know whether we like it or not it like ring of honor has always been independent wrestling um and i think at one point was the pinnacle of of uh uh, independent wrestling was like oh fuck ring of honor you know like oh man that's got some cred to it so um i think it's in the right hands um whether or not I don't know what's is going to happen with it. Um, I think that's a whole different show in itself. Um, but I'm happy the library is with a guy who really does appreciate good, good wrestling and loves the independent wrestling scene and respects the independent wrestling scene. So I'm happy it's not with the company that I hate. Um, uh, I think everybody knows who that is. Uh, so enough said about that. But 
yeah, happy they didn't get it. Happy it stays with Tony Khan. What do you guys think? The the one thing that I actually was worried the most about uh, during that time, Mike, uh, with when we were talking was I was very worried that McMahon was going to get his hands on uh, the Ring of Honor tapes. And I was like, if he does that, I feel like part of me is like, ah, oh, man, that's like game over for the indies because I mean, not to go on a tangent and I won't, but that was just like billionaire, mega billionaire destroys the indies because prior to uh, this year, you know, two years ago when COVID hit, it was very, very nerve wracking for the indies and it, it barely made it through. So I felt like, man, that would have just been the, the, the death's kiss if McMahon would have got those tapes. And I actually thought he was going to announce that Wyatt joined AEW because there was all that like, I think it was right around that time when Wyatt was, he got let go and everyone's like, where is he going to land? I think we're going to get like a Wyatt appearance. And he was, there was a little bit of teasing online, but for the most part, um, my only gripe with ring of honor is, uh, yeah, I'm glad it's in Tony Khan's hands. I think it's going to be great. It should be in his hands because he's a, a, like you said, Mike, a fan's fan. Uh, but man, they've just made so many questionable booking errors, booking mistakes. I mean, I'm not a, a professional wrestling booker, but I really don't think it was a great idea to put Chris Jericho as your guy. Um, I, I think they, they royally need to do some, they need to do some Royal ass kissing for Jonathan Gresham. I think that was a mistake. I mean, all, uh, you know, never say never as the industry, uh, the industry saying, but I'm excited to see where it is. I'm excited that we're going to get some ring of honor tapes out of it. Some old matches that I've been dying to see that are like super hard to find. And if you do find them, you're probably going to get a virus on your computer somehow. <laughs> and so, like, um, No, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I'm excited, but I'm also a little nervous about it, but I do think it is a, it is a very uh, honorable mention. So good choice, Mike. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it was it was, it was definitely a big deal um, for what you guys mentioned about getting control of the tape library. Uh, I I think the rollout was not as good as it could have been. Um, you know, the the announcement was just kind of out of the blue. I, I in hindsight, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. You can sit here and and uh, you know armchair quarterback all you want, uh, which I do. Uh, but I, I think in hindsight, if they had let Ring of Honor be a historic thing until they knew what the fuck they were doing with it, because right now it's it's the tr we've been watching the training wheels and it it it's diminishing the product. So huge story in terms of the business and the future of the industry. Uh, I just I wish the execution was a little bit more effective. I guess is the way to put that. Uh, which I think is a great uh, segue into our our uh, our next. Uh, I say we'll call it. You know, uh, not that it's uh, less important than anything else, uh, but our third uh, pick of clickbaitiest topic event of the year uh, was the uh, effectiveness of the walkout by Miss Sasha Banks and uh, Miss Naomi. Uh, for anybody that uh, was living under a rock. Um, essentially that's what they did. <laughs> Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out, uh, and said, we're done. Um, and we're subsequently, 
I believe thrust into kind of a weird legal battle, um, which everyone was like, huh, is this real? What's going on? Because there's been walkouts before and there's, which have been very real. Again, I'm going to turn it over to you guys here because I was kind of starting to check out at this point. So I just, at this, I was like, <laughs> as if, well, you know, as a fan of, as well, no, I was checking well, out of well, the well, WWE and watching WWE product. <laughs> no, I well, no, I was, I was watching the product and I, but I was checking out of it at the time. And I just knew that this was a, this is a very important event. Um, and for these two talented, talented women to just be like, we're done really speaks volumes and it's yeah so guys what's what's your take what's you know if you wanted to sum it up well there were a couple of really important things that were wrapped into the sasha naomi story um you know first of all they were the women's tag team champions right the to have the champions of your your organization say i don't like the way you're using us i don't like the booking you're doing I'm not going to allow my brand to be tarnished by your poor excuse for writing, right? That's fucking huge. Um, full disclosure, I am a union member. I am a former union president. I am a big old fan of workers' rights. And to see the, the, the strength that you have as an employee, as a worker, to hold that company accountable for what they're doing to you. I thought was just loved. I loved it. I absolutely fucking loved it. I think the, the second thing that was a really big deal about this is that unlike a lot of these other walkouts, a lot of these other HR issues, let's just call them. This was not only directly mentioned during the show, but Michael Cole was talking shit about Sasha Banks and Naomi during the show for walking out. Now, Michael Cole at this time was being basically fed everything he said by Vince McMahon. So it was really Michael Cole was the mouthpiece, but Vince McMahon's hand was up his ass working the mouth. <laughs> but Michael Cole on air is talking about how Sasha and Naomi were unprofessional and they walked out on the fans and blah, 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 blah. And the fact that this is, they did it when Sasha and Naomi did it, but they didn't do that when Brock Lesnar walked out. They didn't do that when Stone Cold walked out. They didn't do that when a lot of other male talents walked out, but they're going to do it to Sasha and Naomi. Kind of, to me, reinforced why it was important that they make that stand and that they walk out. Um, you know, here we are. This, this happened in, in May, right? May 16th was the walkout. Jeez. Here we are in 2023, and we're still talking about the ripple of of that rock being dropped in the pond so for all of those reasons i think this is a huge story and i think is going to set a precedent moving forward i think this is a, a line in the sand that wwe now has to treat talent differently than they have in the past no i you know and 100 percent agree and i and i think what kind of and again a little foggy on this but i thought what kind of started this was the fact that they were each wrestling it, uh, separately and they each got pinned and everyone was like, why do you get your weight? They're tag champ. You know, I get it. If it and un understood, it happens, you know, but you don't pin both of them, you know, like, yeah. 
If well, Vince, Ka- Vince had them doing solo programs, they were the tag champs, but he had Sasha going for the SmackDown women's title and Naomi going for the raw women's title. And Sasha's point was, we're a fucking tag team. You wouldn't do this yeah. to the men's tag team champions, right? right. Let right. us be a tag team. I think it was actually uh, to, to add to your point, Jim, it was like peak McMahon, just it, like to fans, like he'd lost his fucking mind. Like that was like peak moment. And, and I like, I feel like it was peak moment of like story. The storyline is just like, what on earth are you doing? Like I, I know, and I know we've, we've talked about in the past of kind of like, Oh, like this is the, this is the one time that gets me to finally be like, to kind of like lose my mind with the product. But like it, when McMahon was running it towards the end, it was just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, this just makes no sense at all. You know, I think it's a perfect segue into uh, our second uh, most clickbaity uh, item uh, topic of the year uh, was the man himself uh, in question, Vince McMahon, quote unquote, retiring. Um, I this to me was the biggest thing uh, that happened all year. Um, uh, Interesting to see, you know, that it it actually kind of came in uh, where it did. Uh, just because it's, I've been I've been thinking more and more about this, and I'm absolutely I'm happy that he's gone. But <laughs> I can't imagine the stress that is on Triple H's shoulders of having to the man. It, it, I I'm not a huge fan of Vince McMahon, but it, it strip everything away. And I think, Jim, you've talked about this before, you know, separating the artist from the from the person or, you know, what they do. The man was a great he was a great promoter um, and he made the spectacle. Um, He was really fucking good at it. And and he made a lot of people a lot of money. And now that they're a publicly traded company, that's a hell of a thing that someone in Triple H's eyes who's like this, you know, the Harley, you know, was born from the Harley races and, or I should say grew up with, you know, the Harley races, the Ric Flair's, the Terry Funk's, uh, you know, the, uh, the Von Erichs, all of that. And kind of, I think really wants to get back to some of that, but has to carry this spectacle. And so it's, I mean, that's huge. Just that alone is huge, you know, but I mean, it's, it, this with Vince retiring, it's I hope to God this is the end of the just and it's not, unfortunately, but like the, the misuse of women um, and the uh, misuse of men uh, and women um, and just this. Well, no, like this Jake, like when Jake Atlas was there, this just phony baloney you know, um, kind of promotion of, of LGBTQ rights. And, and I'm sorry, like I, um, Sonia Deville, phenomenal person, but she is, she's a lipstick lesbian and they're they're That's what they're doing to promote that community. And it's just, it's kind of a drag and it's just, it's, it's just what the machine is doing. But anyway, it's just, it's, I'm hoping that spectacle, boy oh boy it's it, it I, I want the spectacle to st- spectacle to still be there 
but without all of the Vince McMahonness of it. And it's going to be really interesting to see how that happens. And that's why I just, I think, again, that's just number two of why I think this is just again. But gentlemen, like, what are your, what were your thoughts on, you know, Vince retiring? Because I, I, to be honest, when I heard this, I was like, holy shit. Like, I really thought when he came out and was like, I'm going to fight these charges. I was like, yeah, sure. Of course he is. I can't (laughs) wait. This is somehow going to be in a storyline. And then, it, when he, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, "Holy shit!" It that was really game changing. He, he tried. If you guys can remember, he tried to have just like that one last stand where he. It was the. It was how fitting for clicky bait. It was very clickbait. It was a very got you moment by McMahon himself when he was like, "I'm coming back with a special announcement. I'm coming back," and everyone's like, "Oh shit! He's getting, he's out of his mind. He's gonna like address." this shit on live television. Like I was like, fuck yeah, I'm totally in because this is going to be a train wreck. Um, but <laughs> all he did was he, I think he just welcomed everyone to SmackDown. And then he was like, see you later. And <clears throat> I was like, that is kind of genius, but also the worst thing to do right now, Vince. Um, and, and I think it is, it is very, is massive news. It is, is massive news because all of us, all of us uh, talking right now, all of us in, who are wrestling fans assumed that either Vince McMahon was never going to die or he would only pass the torch when he died. Um, and, and I kind of disagree with you, Mike, about uh, the pressure, all this pressure put on Triple H because in my eyes, you don't – if you're a successful billionaire, you're going to have that shit on lockdown when you retire. You are going to trust everyone underneath you to do to make the same decisions that you do. You don't become a billionaire by putting people in in places that just don't know what they're doing. So <clears throat> I don't think I don't think. Hold on, I don't think that it, there. It, I, I don't feel bad for Triple H. I don't feel like there's this immense pressure. And yeah, the dude has had a brutal year, a brutal uh, you know with his with his health. Uh, but like. Vince McMahon had backup plans this entire time. So I don't, I don't think that this is all just like, Oh, it fell apart. And Oh no, they're taking, they're doing the best they can. And I think, you know, triple H of course took liberties to be like, Oh, this is going to be mine now. I'm going to do what I want. But I just don't, I, I feel like this was already set up as like a, a worst case scenario. Like, Hey, if I ever die or ran something crazy, if I get hit by a bus, I, I if I die, I know I'm going to leave knowing my company's, just the, it's like another cog. It's just going to keep yeah, going. And see, and see my argument in this and, and Jim, I really actually, I, I really can't wait to hear what you have to say about this. But my, my argument to that time though, is that, um, <clears throat> no, is <laughs> that I think that this wasn't a backup plan. And I really truly think Vince knowing as the egomaniac that he was, was no, I'm going to carry this on forever. And when he, it got too much, the board was like, uh, no, we need to distance ourselves. Uh, you know, Triple H was presenting himself in wanting to go this certain way. And where I think maybe I, w- what I was getting across is that everyone's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, you know, anti-harassment and anti this. We're disassociating ourselves from Vince McMahon. Um, hey, Hunter, um, you haven't made, um, you know, when Vince was around like two years ago, Vince made like a billion dollars. You've only made like $450 million. Like, it's ultimately at the end of the day, it's a business. And that's what I'm saying is just that it's that 
unfortunately that Vince McMahonness is always, I think, going to be around. Maybe not him himself, but that just that that promoting. He made people billionaires, millionaires, and right. And now he they're completely excommunicating it. But now look at it. It's like, oh, he wants to come back because there's been a very, very low buzz on the dirt sheets and whatnot of that WWE is is hurting. And like there's rumors of a sale and whatnot because it's just it's they're in bad shape and they just kind of want to wash their hands of it, which is just I don't think that's ever gonna happen, but it's just that's kind of interesting. And it I don't know. So that's just my argument to it, Tom. It's just that the fact I really don't think that this was planned. I think that this was just a uh he got him and he finally and it really was a like oh god what do we do now and it's it's interesting i don't know jim please i i really well, want to hear I, what you have to say. i you said you said the most important three-letter word there is when it comes to vince mcmahon mike and that is ego and you know they, they, honest to god i i always thought vince mcmahon was gonna die in that chair because yeah. the man's ego wouldn't let him believe somebody else could do it. It's worth remembering how Vince started as owner of WWF. Remember that he took over for his father, but he didn't he, he didn't inherit it. He bought his father out and he lied to his dad to do it. His father Vince Sr had one condition and that was I will not sell you this company if you plan on taking it national. It was supposed to stay a territory and Vince lied to his dad's face so that he could buy the company. And from the very first moment was doing everything in his power to make this not just a dominant force in the industry, but to make him a dominant force in the industry. Vince McMahon's ego knows no comparison. I don't think for a second, because Tom, your your you know your statement about how you don't get to be a, a billionaire without building people around you, you build people around you to build you up because you're a narcissist. I don't think for a second Vince McMahon ever imagined a world where WWE continued on and he was still without him. Right? I don't think he for a moment imagined that there would ever be a time where he left the company. He thought he was going to die as owner and let them sort it out once he's gone. So him walking away or him being ousted is fucking seismic. When you consider that, like, you know, I, I was born in 1980. Vince McMahon has been running the largest wrestling organization in the fucking country my entire life, right? Dude, my entire life. Dude, that's like 200 years, isn't it? Okay, you know, I don't <laughs> think that. That's yeah. just, was just harsh. It was just harsh. It wasn't funny. It was just mean. It was just mean spirited. <laughs> um, so, so this is fucking seismic, right? It's, it's like, it's like. Like, imagine if Bill Gates was like, you know what? Uh, I'm uh, no longer allowed to have anything to do with Microsoft. What the fuck? You know, it, it just it really is that kind of level of, of huge. My point is, I guess my point is, though, that do you, don't you think if that were to happen, if Bill Gates, any any billionaire around doesn't have a contingency plan to make sure that that business continues to operate smoothly? Because, like, I know this is sounds insane, like conspiracy theory theory which is, I mean, I hate to get into, but like 
part of me, because of his ego and how massive his ego is, part of me wants to believe that like why we're still getting these really shitty storylines is that like in a contract somewhere, maybe Vince is like, when I'm dead and gone, you finish this until like, I, you know, it's written in this, you know, outdated contract. I know it sounds insane. Yeah. And I, I mean, I sound insane. I mean, I can hear how insane I sound, but like, <laughs> but that's the thing though. Like he is such an egomaniac that if that was ever on earth, I wouldn't be like, what are you serious? I'd be like, man, well, I, think, I think with Vince, the, the thing to remember is that Vince never, tried to get WWE to be great period. He wanted WWE to be great because of him. And that's the thing is he, Oh, it's, it's Trump. He, he and Trump are friends for a reason. He doesn't want this thing to be good on its own. He wants everyone to associate WWE success with him. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's watching this and kind of being like, <laughs> see, See, I guess I'm fucking more important than you thought. That I 100 agree with. <laughs> yeah, I think he needs that narcissism. He needs that ego stroke. Um, so yeah, the the fact that he actually left was shocking. Because uh, again, I thought I thought he was going to die in that chair. It's shocking that he left, and it's uh, it's huge. It was a huge deal, and will continue to be a huge deal. Wait, 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 Which wait, leads wait, us to uh, our most uh, like clickiest. Uh, Shocky, the clickiest, the clickiest or clickbaitiest, uh, was uh, I'm sure uh, you've probably guessed it by now would be the brawl out and all out uh, that happened back in September uh, between uh, the elite uh, and CM Punk. Uh, Go and Ace Steel, don't forget Mr. Oh, Ace Steel, Ace Steel, uh, I think Lenny. Larry. And Larry, Larry the dog, uh, Ace Steel's wife. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Christopher Daniels, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, our Lord and Savior was involved. Uh, the goon was there, I heard. Uh, Jesus. That so, any, got a few good swings in. Yeah, I heard that fucking turkey, man. Really just, oh, man, he's got a wicked insiguri. Uh <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, I know we joke. I mean, I think this was this. I mean, we're still talking about it. And it, it, it obviously, you know, Vince retiring um, is monumental. But this really, boy, oh boy, I just I don't know how to put it into words and why that this is so important. And it it ultimately was what God for like a solid month was probably the number one thing everybody talked about. And I mean, oh, clickbaitness. And I think it actually <laughs> helped drive the name of this, this segment. Um, but it was because everybody was clicking on everything to under like, wait, was this real? Was it not? And there's still things now where I, Tom and I have been talking about what, Wait, I've heard this and I've heard this. And now with with FTR, with Dax Harwood coming out with some certain things where it's like, what is going on? Like, it's starting to get heating back up again. And Punk is they were saying that Punk um, may be out for at least the beginning of the, you know, the beginning of the year. So I'm like, OK, it's the beginning of the year now. Interesting. You know, what's going on? So obviously, I think it was my ultimately, I can understand why it was the number one pick. Um, I mean, I was knee deep in it, obviously, being a CM Punk fan. Um, but this just, it was, was it real? Was it not? And I think that's always been the biggest debate with wrestling and why we love it. And 
whatnot. And this is just it. There is there is a very pro. This is 100 percent real. And there's a very like I, I think we're all getting worked in a very odd and strange way. And I don't know. It's 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 set. Um, it's set the the kind of a forest fire of diff- different things. And like now there's, I've been hearing small buzzes of like a lot of like, man, what, what about MJF versus punk and certain things about how people are like, why, that just doesn't make any sense why they, that it would be an amazing program, uh, you know, and some of the other things that he wanted to do and interesting this and that. So I don't know. I, it, it's just, it was, to me, it was the biggest event of the year really. Um, and, it, it, or one of the biggest, um, but I know both you guys picked, uh, that is your number one. So, uh, you know, what, what, what was that that made the biggest thing for you guys? The, the one thing that sticks out in my mind the most is what Dax just recently said. If this is legit, this has the ability to absolutely change professional wrestling for a very long time to come. I think, the the story in itself will write it will write itself out. Um, I think it's just you know honestly I think it's fun as much as it, as much as the chaos as it caused it made wrestling very fun for me again. This is very reminiscent of like NWO era to me of like is it real is it mm-hmm. fake is yeah. it like who's going where the Monday Night Wars was was sparking up. Um, and, and quite honestly, if it is fake, they're absolutely stupid for not capitalizing on something that could be that could be written out for years to come. Um, I think I don't know. I think it also it also showed the kind of flaws in a new company with it. it like I said, if it is true, it, it, we get to we saw Tony Khan kind of sober up a little bit and be like, Hey, maybe I need to stop being everyone's friend and start being their boss. Um, and I, I think it was, um, I think it was interesting to see punk kind of snap the way that he did, uh, with all of the, how everybody wanted to know about Colt Cabana and how he just kind of was like, Hey, I don't want to talk about this, but you, you pushed me to get to this point, uh, because of your bullshit journalism. And I, th- I think it was incredible, incredibly refreshing because I do think that the punk airing his grievances was 100% real. Um, and the way he did it was how he was just calling out journalists, especially, you know, Papa Dave Meltzer. Hey, what did I ever do, Dave? You tell me. And he Dave, Dave just like, <laughs> like I know him, but like, uh, <laughs> you know, Meltzer was just kind of dumbfounded by the whole thing. And, and, if anything, it made for a really, really great year of wrestling, but not the actual wrestling portion itself, just that buzz and the talking of like, hey, did you hear this? Because me and my friend JJ were texting constantly about, hey, what if this dream scenario happened? Like, here's how Punk could come back from this. Here's who he could, you know, here, here's who he could wrestle against if this all goes accordingly. So I think it's just fun to 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 have that again, to just – fantasy book or just be like man this was crazy and here's where they could have really gone with it yeah the the whole time i've been thinking about it um the the best parallel i can come up with is i think that brawl out is this generation's montreal screw job uh in oh, terms yeah. of the lasting Damn. impact and the divide yeah. and perfect again you think about the montreal screw job right right away people were wait is this is this work? 
is this, you know, is this a work? Is this a shoot? Is this, what the fuck? Right. There was all of that. And then think of the fallout that came from that. I mean, to this day, to this fucking day, you quite poetically have Brett guys like CM Punk, like FTR, and you have Sean guys like the elite. And I think that that's another reason I think that parallel really holds is because you you had Brett guys and Sean guys clashing here and nobody knows the truth until years later it wasn't until years later that Shawn michaels finally fessed up you know right away that you know vince had to throw himself in there and you know like oh well vince, bret hart's group bret hart it took years for the truth to come out and i really do i think this is going to be a very similar situation i think the impact of this is going to last for a very very long time um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I think the best the best way I can summarize Brawl Out is that again, it's this generation's Montreal screw job, and I'm I'm fascinated as a historian, as a wrestling historian, to see how this is playing out, and and to be able to see this in real time is just like watching the Montreal screw job fall out. Uh, I, I I just I'm really interested to see how this goes because yeah, this. On the surface, it's, you know, a bunch of grown men acting like children. But in reality, (laughs) there's huge implications for the business, huge implications for the industry. This is going to be a big deal for a long time coming. Uh, And it's just it's 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 going to grip us. There's going to be documentaries about it. There's going to be all kinds of shit coming out about it. I'm looking forward to reading all of it Uh, with the parallels to the Montreal Screwjob. And I remember I obviously uh, if you haven't figured it out, uh, big CM Punk guy, also very pro Bret Hart. Uh, But I remember in the USA, it was, you know, kind of mixed Bret Hart. But when they would go to Canada, it was, oh, my God, Sean was destroyed. And when I was at the uh, when I was at the Wind Trust Arena and Punk wasn't even there when the Elite came out, I, it was the, like nuclear fire coming from just the Chicago fans. And like that is something, again, how long was it? It's, Punk was gone seven years and he came back last year, last summer, seven years and people were still chaining his name. This is just this is going to be it's like the Elite are and good for them. And I know I was like I was I fired up on that episode. But I was like, man, well done. And it just keep the mystique going, draw on it, your heels. This is what you're supposed to do. You know, you're probably going to get lit up in Chicago and just own it. And that's wrestling. And it was I had a great time. I lost my voice screaming at them. And again, on the surface, it's grown men acting like idiots. And to Dax's point, I think he also tweeted. He's like, man, if this this could all just be done and over with like a handshake and punk, I think was like, duh. And, you know. So it's like, I don't know what that means. I don't know if he's tried to approach this or who's tried to approach this or just it's been because of the legal situation they can't. But again, to to Jim's credit, just that chant alone is, again, ramifications for years to come. Uh, I couldn't agree more. So, Tom, what what you had something to say. I think a couple of things to add and maybe we can move on. But like, I think if this turns out to be work, it would make me to the moon happy that it would be able to shut the fuck up, Eric Bischoff, Jim Cornette, <laughs> all just keep their words because they're all such like know-it-alls in the business and they're like, they're calling it like they know it. And I think it would just be just like a, a chef's kiss if they were just able to be like, ha, fuck you. You had no idea what was going on this entire time. We got you, you old farts. When they, I, I love the, like, the fact that, I don't know if you guys saw this, but you know, Dax's podcast it was his first episode 
and it was like in the top five in the world. Why? Because they put in there he was going to be talking about CM Punk, right? Like yep. I, I like Dax Harwood. I, I think he's great, and I, I thought the podcast was really good. But let's be honest that many people were tuning in, not because Dax Harwood was talking, but because they knew he was going to be talking about CM Punk. Yep. So that's what I mean when I say this is, this is going to have long running implications. Yeah. And Colt um, just, he's, he's kind of doing various art of wrestling podcasts. Um, He's been kind of doing a weird format for the past couple of years, but he's talked about it. So, and, and, and very, 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 very vaguely. Um, but I mean, you, again, if you're a wrestling fan or living under a rock, like you, <laughs> you wouldn't know what we were talking about. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's, he brings it up in a couple of the episodes. Um, I think he actually has a uh, a really very interesting talk with uh, Peter Avalon uh, about mental health um, and about some of the toll this is like just again, alluding to what Colt's been going through. Um, and it was a, it was a very powerful episode actually. And it was really cool. And highly, again, if you haven't listened to it, highly recommend it, uh, to anybody listening. Um, really interesting. Uh, and again, kind of a, again, if this is real, that, that there are other people that, I mean, again, to, in the real world, this is going to have ripple effects because I mean, this has clearly affected somebody in the real world, very mentally and, and, and physically probably. So just again, one of the biggest events in the year for me. Three, two, one. Fans of professional wrestling, obviously, we're here for the highs, but you can't have the highs without the lows. And boy, fucking howdy, did we have some lows this year? Uh, and so, our next category for our year end review uh, are is for the dud of the year. Uh, now, guys, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll go ahead and, and, and kick it off here. Uh, I, I took for, for my choice for dud of the year. Uh, I chose somewhat of an unconventional approach here right now. Dud could be match. It could be wrestler. It could be promotion, right? Like just angle some. What was the shittiest part of wrestling in 2022? And for me, I'd have to say it was the control your narrative people. Uh, I think collectively, <laughs> when you put Braun Strowman, Karrion Cross, and EC3 together, they make up the worst that is there is to be had in professional wrestling. <laughs> I think all three of them are, you know what they are? They're fucking Reddit incels. If you take Reddit incels and you put them in a wrestling ring, yes. it's fucking control your narrative, guys. I, I think Braun Strowman is a cock i i think i think he is, is way too fucking full of himself for his skill set i think carrying cross is one of the worst fucking workers i've ever seen in my entire fucking 200 years according to tom i think that ec3 talks so much out of his ass he can't remember where to put the fucking fork when he sits down to dinner right can't remember what hole it goes into anymore i, I just the control your narrative group is such a I think they came to each other. I think they they were drawn to each other because they're all fucking useless and and have no business being in the spotlight except for the fact that they were genetically gifted with size. Those three have genetic gifts and nothing beyond that. And I fucking despise them. And I think they were the worst part of 2022. Uh, yeah. 
Tom, what did you what did you hate in 2022? I wanted to add to your EC3 that he gives promos like warrior style. He, seriously, if you've ever listened to him do a promo, it's very reminiscent of like trying to figure out what on earth he's saying. Because it also too, it reminds me of warrior, but less believable. <laughs> Just gibberish. It reminds me of like those kids that never read Fight Club but watched the movie, and they're like, "This is this is a really great idea." And then Tyler Durden is the hero. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like those, you know, you know them. They're the 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 chain wallet wearing, you know, just idiots who are like Fight Club or death. Um, Yeah, I that's a great pick. That is a great, great, great pick. Uh, My dud of the year goes to Miss Lacey Evans herself. Side note here, I've worked with children and adults with uh, developmental disabilities for 11 years. I am currently going back to school to pursue my passion and love uh, of helping the developmental disability community. Um, I was shocked, disappointed, appalled, whatever you want, whatever word you want to use, pissed off, uh, that somebody so fucking ignorant would post in 2023, a video that is claiming autism isn't real and neither is ADHD. Um, I think she rightfully got roasted. Um, this is what happens when you post nothing but bullshit, how damaging it really is, and how disappointing it is that you have a platform that can reach millions and millions of people, and you can do really great things with said platform. Or you could literally try to poison the minds of an already like 50-50 balanced country on vaccines can possibly cause autism. And I look, I've worked there. I've, I've worked there. I have worked 11 years in that community, and that is completely false. It's been proven false. You can ask multiple doctors how false it is. You'll just walk out looking like an idiot. But for some reason, here we are. So that is my doubt of the week because I, I'm very passionate about uh, the de- developmental disability community. And I thought that was completely appalling. Now on top of that, she can't wrestle worse shit. Uh, her, gimmick, Thank you. her gimmick is constantly changing. And, and I'm sorry, if you're going to fire Mandy Rose for, allowing people to look at her half naked body that's clothed half the time. And you're not going to fire some dipshit who's posting nonsense from a guy from a fucking guy, a veterinarian who just so happens to just also be in the multi-level marketing schemes. He's going to post some click clickety click video to get people to be like, well, I think he really makes a good point. Science is fake, right? So, I mean, I could go on this for hours. It pisses me off, but Lacey Evans is the biggest dud of the year of 2022. Also, too, her gimmicks are fucking terrible. They're terrible. Terrible. Well, to add to that, Tom, you know what you said, and actually Jim kind of pointed this out, and I've never talked about it on the podcast, but I am a veteran. Um, and I take that very seriously. Um, and, uh, 
the, the, again, to Tom's point, she has an outreach to millions of different people. Um, and there are a lot of veterans that do watch professional wrestling or will follow because, um, and, and I thought, I thought her gimmicks were fun. Um, when she was doing the Southern Bell thing with the 1940s, I thought it could be fun. I thought it could, could maybe evolve into more of a, a meaner kind of Charlotte Flair. I thought it had potential. Um, you know, and Jim, I know <laughs> your thoughts on that word, but um, she failed miserably at it. But the fact <laughs> that as a veteran, like that really, really makes me angry because again, you're, yeah. you know, again, that this platform, you reach millions of people. You can't have this level of bias because I, I love my veteran community, but don't, I'm not stupid. I do know that there's people out there that have very, different viewpoints that I do that, that I, I don't understand why they feel that way. I, 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 I that's a really, well, more importantly, you, you don't use your veteran status to, as an, as a get out of jail free card. Yeah. Right? Cause like, that's, I think that's what's, yeah, that's yeah, sorry, oh, Jim. That's what set me off was the fact that someone was like, Oh, she's a veteran. I'm like, no, that doesn't excuse. I'm a veteran and I would never fucking talk like that ever, ever, you know, ever. So I just, that's what I was trying to get at there. But Jim, I mean, please. Yeah. I, I, your thoughts on this as well. Fuck her. I, I mean, the, be, the best thing that's ever happened in her career is when people thought she got knocked up by Ric Flair. I mean, and that lasted three fucking minutes. So she can't wrestle. She's, she's terrible in the ring. Her finisher is a fucking right hand. It's a punch. It's a goddamn punch. Right now, like when the big show used a fucking punch as a finisher, you could make the excuse of like, well, his hands are the size of a fucking frying pan. What's hers? <laughs> What's her fucking excuse? She's terrible. Yeah. She's shit on the mic. She has no character work built up whatsoever. She has terrible in-ring skills and she's a fucking asshole. Right? Everything I've seen from her in her quote unquote real life proves that she's a fucking yeah. asshole and you know you they're gonna they're gonna do this connor's cure stuff they're gonna do their be a star they're gonna do all their social campaigns and lacey evans is still gonna be right fucking there retweeting yeah. info wars because you know look i haven't worked with a developmentally disabled community like tom has i'm not a veteran like mike is but i do have the ability to fucking read and that's all it takes to know that she's a fucking yeah. idiot and to have that platform and to use that platform in such a detrimental way to humanity fuck you just fuck you and I, I don't give a shit that you're a veteran i know a lot of veterans who aren't fucking idiots and they do a lot of people a better service by not being a fucking idiot yeah fuck yeah yeah i don't like stupid people I'm sorry i just don't i don't like i'm i'm a bigot i'm a bigot against stupid people there you go ladies <laughs> yeah. what was your what's your dud mike some of the big returns quote unquote returns ah, uh that uh kind of happened throughout the year um again i'm i'm a little bit of biased here uh a lot of it leans towards wwe because uh i think it was their answer to aew's like oh we can do this too uh however there were several aew returns that were like um Wow. Uh, what? Or have it, it's bled over into 2022. Um, I know uh, Andrade uh, came in, but that's what they where, where's what what happened to Andrade? Uh, 
kind of a dud. Um, Roosh, I, I, they're building momentum with him, but again, bit of a bit of a bit of a dud. Um, not really super impressed. Um, could be like and shame because Roosh is amazing. Again, just AEW again. I know I'm a big AEW guy, um, but they had some duds as well. Um, but and going back to the WWE and the control your narrative guys, um, Braun Strowman, I. Eh, what, what, okay, I I could I couldn't have cared less. I when he came on, I was like, really? Like, okay, at least he's breaking up this stupid male models thing. Like, thank God. But why is he here? And then, um, and I know Jim, you're not a big Carry and Cross guy. I think the gimmick's kind of interesting, but they bring him back, but nothing. I've seen nothing. His wife is getting more of a buzz of like, oh man, Scarlett's getting back in the ring, and I'm like. All right, that's cool, but like where he I don't understand again what it, it, I like him. I, I I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before, but I thought what they did with him in TNA where he was just kind of this like hired gun or assassin was great. Just make him this unhinged dude who's just a bit, he's a gun for hire and I but nothing. Like they haven't built him up for a supposedly carrying across was coming in to, to with Reigns, remember that? Haven't heard anything about that. It's been, you know, Drew McIntyre's bad. So it's like, so my dud of the year is just these returns. It just, some of them just really kind of were like, uh, uh, and like, we're just downright terrible. Um, and so, um, you know, I know it's interesting. We're all three of us collectively. Um, I think it's too soon. Uh, sorry, where I was going with that was uh, Bray Wyatt. I, I, it's really interesting um, to see because so far it's, you're, you're hanging, I'm hanging on. Um, you, you, for very for several reasons, but I'm I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm hanging on by my fingertips, and like, is is Bray Wyatt going to be a dud? Uh, ultimately, I hope not, and I hope that 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 it's something. I think it's intriguing. Um, I know maybe this might come up in future podcasts, but uh, the fact that at least Uncle, uh, I, I'm going to do it again, Captain Howdy, Uncle Howdy, um, but he's teetering, you know, and it's just so it's interesting, and I know we kind of covered this again with. Uh, in previous podcasts with Triple H, like what's what's going on, man? Like it, again, and even what we just talked about in the clickbait, you know, was um, you know, can he handle the? Can he nail that showmanship that Vince, unfortunately, and I hate to, again, did really really well. So those are my duds for the year. It's just kind of the returns. There was nothing where I went like, oh my god, they were all kind of like, eh. <laughs> very underwhelming very yeah. underwhelming and just i keep saying i keep saying about jim either he can predict the future or he's a wizard or both because i remember distinctly it's crazy i was just reading this article about carrying cross and how um everyone's kind of underwhelmed with him and i remember jim was the first one to say it right here three sweet me bro exclusive he said carrying cross is nothing but an entrance He's nothing but an entrance. And so many people after Jim said that, all I see is like, did Triple H like cash in too soon as, as, on the Curry and Cross train? Because he is. He is just an entrance. His wife is it adds to that theater part portion. Um, and and I, I won't I won't lie, man. That that debut in NXT, incredible. But go back and look at the match, just like Jim Jim pointed out earlier. Go back and look at the match. Elbow, elbow, knee strike, punch, spinning back fist, a really scary Sayudo suplex. Mm-hmm. 
chokehold, boom, done. That's what you're going to get in a carrying cross match. And I was high on the carrying cross train. And then Jim was like, no, seriously, look at all, look at all of his, a lot of his matches. And yeah, I, I, that was like a runner up for me was the carrying cross return. Again, he made a huge entrance with the Roman Reigns stuff, but where is he? And, and you can go back and look at look at the uh, just recent uh, in recent events of the Madison Square Garden. Uh, unfortunately, Drew Gulak, by the way, is a fucking phenomenal wrestler. They were literally chanting, "This is boring." Yep. And, yeah. So, like, dude, you you disappoint, man. You disappointed. All you are is an entrance. My my runner up, my my honorable mention for Dud of the Year uh, was Tyrus winning the title. Um, I mean, I mean, really, it could be Tyrus existing, uh, but Tyrus, but here's the thing is the reasons I, I, I understand that my brain works in weird fucking ways. I get that. I'm reminded of that frequently by all of the people in my life. But to me, the problem I have with Tyrus is the same problem I have with Karrion Cross. They don't bring anything to the table. They don't bring a goddamn thing to the table. Carrying Cross's moveset could be easily handed off to Tyrus and vice versa. And you wouldn't know the fucking difference. There is nothing special. And don't give me this. You're like, oh, well, you know, Carrying Cross is a striker. Fuck you. Because Stone Cold Steve Austin was a striker and he could still throw a goddamn spine buster. You know what Carrying Cross can't do? A fucking spine buster. He can't do any. Uh, the Saito suplex is the only fucking wrestling move he knows. And Tyrus can't take a bump to save his fucking life. So what is he? Well, oh, he's a striker. He's a brawler. That's just code for doesn't know how to fucking work. And Tyrus wow. and Karrion Cross have radically different body types, but the same fucking work rate in my mind. And I think both of them are an absolute disgrace and have no business on that level whatsoever. Totally. I couldn't agree more. To me, it's just and it's it it's which is interesting because again, they I remember seeing the potential in some of the dark matches that Tyrus or Brodus Clay uh I don't know if you remember that, Tom. I think you showed it to me and we're like, man. This, this guy's kind of like a he's like a bigger version of Taz. And I was like, all right, you know, and he did I, you know. And I was like, okay, I'm going to follow. And then obviously, you know, we know what happened and kind of the same with cross. And it's just, it's, I don't understand why it's, you know, they, it's like the, it, I don't know what I'm trying to get after here, but it's like this weird big man syndrome where it's like, it's, they don't know what to do with what they have. It seems like, because on paper, carrying cross should be terrifying as, and, and Brodus clay, whatever Tyrus again, should be terrifying, but there's nothing strike elbow okay wrestling bury him into the ground you know like if 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 you're this striker or this pit fighter or whatever this this gladiator that clearing carrying cross is supposed to be destroy him like rub his face do like claw his eye nothing at strike elbow like cool dude you're not okay wow cool your side suplexes i'm more worried about the other guy you know at this point where i'm like jesus christ dude you know, it's like, but again, it's like, he's so, he just, they don't know. And again, to what I was going to say as well is to, I'm slowly kind of fizzling out on this guy because again, it's just went back, watched it to Jim's credit. The guy's hell of an entrance, man, but woof, you know? So I think he answered your own question there, Mike. I think on paper, 
he's a great character on paper. If he was, if he was a comic book character, if he was a character in a movie on paper, he would look amazing. But just like Jim said, if you can't work, if you can't do basic work, you're not going to last. You're just not going to last. And I do, I, I do not see carrying cross lasting too much longer in the WWE. God, I hope not. <laughs> I hope right. for, for an honorable mention real quick i did want to mention for dud of the year other than the the carrying cross is the uh yeah, oh, there's a pain the they're like a q benny hill music federation that they tried to put together it was just like falling apart in real time which was amazing they made like a million promises and like one of the ones was uh is my favorite uh, they promised like Nia Jax will be there, you know, all this stuff. And <laughs> Nia Jax was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no. Like, what are you talking about? So one of, one of my runners up runner up for the dud of the year is definitely the authors of pain, weird failed pay-per-view federation. It was, it was very hilarious to me. That would that watching that just, it was like, it was the fire festival and you know, for wrestling, like, Woof. <laughs> and like what to just I mean, again, what to the, the wrestling business is such a weird niche and it carries, you know, your name means a lot. Your word means, you know what I mean? And like you just basically blackballed yourself from a lot of people when like you're like, yeah, man, so and so is going to be there. And they're, they're like, my mm, thing was like, it's not no, like I'm the not. authors of pain had this like huge backing and like had all this credibility to put on a show to begin with so i was like what the fuck are they doing put on a show period and then to do it this right. way jesus fuck they, they promised uh they they promised the boxer guy too. remember that the boxer guy. i'm almost positive the uh, the dude who's from uh he, he's he fought braun Strowman at a wrestlemania oh, tyson oh, fury tyson fury I'm almost positive tyson fury was like scheduled to be there and he was like no <laughs> <laughs> Like, no, I'm not doing this. Three, two, one. Breakout wrestler of the year. I would like to talk about that. I can. I'm. I apologize in advance. I cannot say this man's name to save my life. Jim, could you help me here? Steve Blackman. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> that's, what, that's what you wrote. That's what I'm. That's what they're in the note here. Steve Blackman. First of all, it was Glacier. Okay. Uh, so the triple A champion. El Hijo del Vikingo. That that guy is fucking incredible. I just recently started to to pick up on a lot of his stuff. Um Jim, you 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 texted the group that insane move he did that divi- uh, that defies all space. Uh, physics i mean he's he's great um i like going back and like wikipedia kind of like looking at some of his stuff he was supposed to before kenny omega got hurt he was supposed to fight kenny omega for the belt and that would have been fucking insane um so he's my breakout wrestler of the year i also do have a tie uh we've mentioned him before it'll be really brief matt cardona i can't say enough about matt cardona the dude is a workhorse he has worked his, his his ass off this year. So to me is the, uh, the guy from AAA and Matt Cardona. <laughs> did you see, speaking of Matt Cardona, did you see, I think it's floating around the little girl. He went to go powerbomb a little girl and the little girl did a Hunan Kanrana on him. 
And I mean, it was clear that was going to happen, but the audience was like, no. And like this little girl, you know, I'm like, God bless Matt Cardona. Like, well played, sir. Like the man's a genius. And that was one of the funnest things I've seen in a long time. The, the, the wrestling musical that he did. Oh my God. It was incredible. The dude has such, he's phenomenal. He's yeah. got a brilliant mind for, for entertainment. Brilliant. Oh, mind absolutely. For entertainment. Yes. What yes. about you guys? Who's your, who's your breakout? Yeah. Um, I, I've talked about him a lot. Um, I've actually toyed with doing a spotlight on him. Um, but breakout, uh, wrestler of the year for me is, is hook. Um, I, I don't know what it is about him. I was thinking when I first saw him, when he came out with team Taz, I'm like, all right, he's quiet there. He, he's a repeat of his dad. And there was this weird, slow buzz of just like, when's Hook going to talk? And I'm like, yeah, when is this guy going to talk? And I just kind of was like, they slowly kept biting me. And I'm just maybe, I don't know, that's the old wrestler, uh, the old wrestling fan in me where it's like, okay, I'm going to see where this goes. Um, And then it just seemed like kind of out of nowhere, it was like Hook's going to wrestle. And when he came out, I was like, what an entrance. First of, first and foremost, in this business, I think you really need to – the biggest thing is setting your part, setting yourself apart from other people. Um, and it doesn't happen – like it doesn't hurt to have a – I love Action Bronson. And it's just – there's it works perfectly for Hook. So you've got a killer entrance already. Um, oh, not to mention you've been trained by your dad and probably a number of different wrestlers. But every time that guy comes out, huge pop. I've been in two events uh, in the past year where I've seen that and I have heard it. It is loud. It is insane. People love him. I don't I don't know why, but like I think they are if there's anything that AEW is doing right is they are handling him beautifully. Um, they put him with uh, Danhausen. Um, when everybody could see, I think the crowd urged that on with their hook housing and it was, it was insane. Um, and put both of them over, over a silly thing. Um, you know, and he's now he's doing it with jungle boy. Um, when he, I've gone back and watched and I don't know when he, I want to see a awesome build of hook trying to T-bone suplex the shit out of, uh, William Morrissey, big bill. Um, you, yeah. when he lifted him up, that crowd went nuts. And I'm like, please yeah. give me a couple months of him trying to do that. And I, I hook needs, and I, I hate to say this and I keep thinking about it, but he needs to get beat up and it's, yep. it's coming. Um, and it's going to be brutal. And I think it's, it like, I don't know if it's a pay your dues thing. Obviously I'm not part of this industry, but it just feels right for the story and jungle boy trying to save him in this and that. But like, Hook, I think, is it's it, word on the street is is he's kind of leaning more towards he's because he's become so popular. Um, he's kind of looking more towards getting out of this and going more to the fashion industry, uh, which I think is I thought was interesting. And I'm like, right on. Like, okay, cool fucking choice, dude. But like, I really hope he stays with this because I think this guy is gonna be amazing. And I I really truly think, and they're doing a great build with him, and I think it's great. Um, I, I don't know. Do you guys have any quick thoughts on Hook or 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 anything? No, I, I think you're spot on. He needs to get beat up. We need to build sympathy for the guy. And we do that by seeing him get his ass beat. Uh, I, I think, you know, that's the part, that's the part of his game. We're not seeing, we're not seeing longevity and we're not seeing comeback. Give me, I think this setup with big bill is a great way for him to do both of those things. Let's see him get beat up. Let's see him do it and come back. 
and and that's how you know if he's really going to be a future star or not uh but no i I'll, I'll admit at first i was like come on give me a fucking break i really was not like i was kind of irritated with hook at first but god damn has he grown on me right like like a fucking hemorrhoid uh just <laughs> really grown on me um and yeah i'm a, i'm i'm a i'm a hook fan now i think if ethan page would want to get nuclear heat he needs to have big bill annihilate him and then in comes ethan page to just drag him around kind of pick at the the carcass and i think ethan page is the perfect guy to do that and i think it would be the payoff would be be great because it, I also agree. I think <clears throat> with both you guys, Hook is is phenomenal. He was a uh, um, he was a runner up for me. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think when he when he suplexes Big Bill, that pop is going to be insane. And yeah, I mean, just just like Jim, he he definitely grew on me. When I first saw him, I was like, this guy's a wiener. Like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, and it, I didn't even know he was Taz's kid until like a couple weeks, months later after they they did a program with him and I was like, that's weird. They look nothing alike, but whatever. Uh, yeah. So I, I think great choice, Mike. I think, I think you're spot on. Yeah. And, and I do have to give, uh, I did have a, a runner up, um, uh, just really quick want to plug. Um, and if you haven't seen her, she's really, really great. Um, and I, I think because I've actually seen her several, several times, 2021 and 2022, mostly 2022, um, uh, sky blue, uh, local, uh, favorite here in Chicago, um, really worked her ass off on the Indies and did a lot of darks, uh, you know, elevations, all that kind of fun stuff. And she's really, I think she's going to be a fun one to watch a lot of room to grow. Um, you know, but she was a runner up for me for breakout just because of that. She climbed and I saw it and it was really cool. And she gets it. I know the hometown kid gets a pop, but she seems to be doing really, really well for herself. And, and word on the street is, um, you know, a lot of people are really impressed with her for this, for her as young as she is. So she was my runner up. But um, again, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. She's just, just a fantastic female uh, baby face. And it's, it's, it's great. Watch some stuff she does with Willow Nightingale. Um, check the indie. She did a lot of here uh, in Chicago with Zillow Pro um, and several others. But check her out if you haven't seen her. But that was my runner up. Just wanted to give her a quick plug. But uh, Jim, intrigued to hear you're a breakout yeah. wrestler of yeah. the year. Steve Blackman, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my my runner up actually is Danhausen. Um, nice. It sounds like I may have taken a slightly different approach than than you guys did. When I think of breakout wrestler, I think of not necessarily new to the scene, but this was the year they put themselves on the map. And I think for Danhausen, this you know, people who love Ring of Honor knew Danhausen. Uh, but now on the national stage, I mean, I don't know if you guys just saw this, but pro wrestling teams released their top sales uh, of the year. Danhausen was number one. Number Punk one. Two, MJF three. I mean, Danhausen. Wow. I, yeah. And he's. Did you see the video he made about it where he's like, he's sitting at his desk and it's like in his mother's basement. These like, it's <laughs> the man is fucking brilliant, but he's like, he he's got like what looks like $20,000 stacked in front of him. So it's not even like a million. It's like, and he's like, but got his toys. And if you haven't seen it, you gotta, you gotta check it out. But he's like Davis and he, his little handler. And he's like, tell him about the list. And he's already got it framed. 
you need to see it. It's really he's a genius and huge year for Danhausen, and and I think he's he's only going to go up from here. So, uh, but but he was my he again he was my honorable mention. My my top pick for breakout wrestler of the year is Jordan Grace. Um, I think Jordan Grace has had a phenomenal career, but this year, yeah, just really dominant performance first digital media champion for impact as a company uh has been the the tna or excuse me the impact women's champion now for for several months and had some phenomenal matches uh she's getting set to retire mickey james here uh you know i obviously the match hasn't happened yet but i'm gonna go ahead and tell you now jordan grace is gonna retire mickey james and i think she's a great one to do it that's a great passing the torch moment I think the future is incredibly bright. And I think when you look at Jordan Grace's career years from now, we're going to look back at 2022 as the beginning of the meteoric rise, the beginning of the the ascendancy of Jordan Grace. Uh, I, I've talked about her several times before. Uh, Mike, you and I have talked about, you know, uh, what big fans of hers that we are. Oh, I, I just, I, I, I'm so excited to see where she's going to go in her career. And I think this year she really established herself as one of the premier athletes in professional wrestling, male or female. So my top pick for a breakout wrestler was Jordan Grace. 100%. And if you haven't seen it, um, watch the Masha, uh, I might, Masa Slamovich, if I'm Masha saying Slamovich. that. Yep. Who's, I, she is, if I had a watch, like a watch out for 2023 is watch this watch Masa Slamovich like she is on fire right now um anyway yeah not to detract but Jordan Grace couldn't say it couldn't agree with you more Jim um had an amazing year um and and I don't know if you've again it, I'm not doing this for uh god it sounds so bad so you can edit this out I just always struggle with this stuff but um you know I follow her on Instagram and she's been it it, it for anybody that struggled with like going to the gym and whatnot, she's really good at, at chronologic, like saying like, yeah, I don't want to go today because I feel like I look like this. And she's obviously jacked. And she always sends her, she seems to send a really, really good message. And um, if you don't know this as well, her husband is Jonathan Gresham, possibly one of the greatest wrestlers on the planet. And they have a really adorable relationship, but um, where I was just, she seems very, very body positive. Um, I think she actually has, and she's very open about the fact that she advertises for Adam and Eve. Um, I think she has her own, uh, she created her own content. It's like barbells and bikinis and, you know, and if that's your jam, that's your jam, you know, but like good for fucking you, good for fucking you, Jordan. And like owning your body and body positivity. And it's amazing. And I I'm serious. I'm very serious about this. Check it out. Um, she's, she's, destined for greatness and i truly think the match to watch is going to be rumor has it for the bola her and her husband are both in it and they're gonna they're slated against each other in the opening round and i i uh, man i kind of want jonathan to put jordan over but i know jordan is gonna put jonathan over but i they are gonna have a phenomenal match i really truly think it because i think they're gonna be like we love each other and we're gonna wrestle and it's gonna be great i really truly think it's gonna be an early match. I know Tommy, you sent that joke kind of text, but I if word on the street is is that they are going to do this at Bola, uh, Battle of Los Angeles for uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, and I think it's it, it, it's got my eye big time. So sorry, took a lot to get there, but Jim couldn't agree with you more. Great, 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 great pick. Three, two, one.
Now, every year you have superstars, you have professional wrestlers who have to leave and you have professional wrestlers who get to come back. And this year there were some great returns. And so we're going to talk about best returns of the year. And I'll, I'll lead us off for me. My top returning talent of the year was Will Ospreay. Uh, Will came back in January of 2022 at Wrestle Kingdom after a pretty serious injury and and was gone for a while, gone for a hot minute, and turned 2022 into his bitch. Will Ospreay became a whole different wrestler when he came back from injury, and I'm fucking loving it. Uh, the old Will Ospreay, the Will Ospreay versus Ricochet matches are just works of art. They're they're beautiful. But the Will Ospreay from United Empire that we're seeing now, I love on a whole new level. You know, I, I guess you could call it junior heavyweight versus heavyweight. Uh, you know, the heavyweight era of Will Ospreay is just so fucking good. And Ospreay has put on banger after banger after banger all year whether it's in triple threat matches whether it's in singles matches he put on a couple of just absolute clinics with okada uh he has had some phenomenal matches uh internationally one of the things i love about osprey and one of the reasons i think he had such a great year returning this year is that even when he's doing a small show He's still blowing the fucking doors off the place. He doesn't hold it for the big one, right? He doesn't wait until he's in the Tokyo Dome to put on a performance. He puts on a, he, he wrestled the, the, and of course I'm going to blank on his name on the spot now, but the wrestling prodigy, the, the like 16 year old kid that is, is just lighting the internet wrestling community on fire. Will Ospreay went at it like he was going to fucking headline WrestleMania with this match. And it was in a, it was in a, what looked like an empty bar, you know? I mean, it was a small venue. It just, I think Will Ospreay's had a phenomenal year. And to do that after coming back from what was a very serious and very scary injury is I think just even more amazing that he is able to come back, reinvent himself and, and come back better than ever before so uh for me return of the year will osprey no and, and jim um phenomenal choice um i got the pleasure of seeing will osprey twice this year uh once under the aew banner um in and arguably what could be probably be maybe in the i'd say maybe top 15 matches of the year uh when he took on or uh when the uh, himself and the united the united empire as a trio uh it's will osprey and aussie open took on death triangle and i got to see that front row and seeing will osprey live that close is a thing of beauty and tom and i actually got to see him at a new japan show uh the new japan strong where he fought john moxley in a false count anywhere and jim to your point we were in a fucking maybe what looked to be like an equestrian showroom you know like a barn and will osprey i have video of will osprey jumping out of the like walking out of the ring and like confronting moxley when moxley's doing the the walk-in moxley does the you know his entrances from afar now a la goldberg weird anyway uh, uh, but in Will Osprey, I have this, it's, I want to get it in black and white if I can get it. And it just looks fucking amazing. Will Osprey, just, I'm, I'm coming in for just this battle with this guy who's known for these kind of matches. And Tom, I don't know if you thought that when, when we saw him, but like, he is just, 
Will Ospreay is the future of professional wrestling. So um, I, I, I couldn't agree. I, I couldn't agree more with your pick, Jim. I'm just saying that, like, I've seen him twice and he treats every match as if he is wrestling. And when he – get him with the right this, get him – not saying that he's bad, but my God, like, you get him with the right pieces, he will explode. And it, it, kudos. Can't wait. So good pick. Sorry, but Tom, uh, your thoughts? No, I think it's a perfect pick. Um, I'll be brief. Um, I think he's one of the dudes who um, you, you'll never see the same, I guess, move sets over and over and over with him. He's always reinventing how to do a match. Um, I've seen him three times, and every time I've seen him, I've always been just floored. Um, he's a wrestler that also – um, that I, I, I have shown to my, my, my 10 year old daughter and she's just like, how does he do that? Like there, there, there's just no explanation of the, uh, like ricochet is another dude. Um, just like how on earth can he do that? Um, so yeah, great pick. I, I, I think that's a phenomenal pick is the, I was going to ask you real quick, the injury that he came back from, was that the one that, uh, Marty scroll dumped him on his head? Yes. Yeah, because oh, he had to he had to vacate the title. He had the title yeah. when he got injured. And he had to vacate it was his neck. It was like he like came yeah. close to like oh, severing his own neck or something injury. like that, right? Yep. Yeah, it was it was, a it was neck injury. Yeah. I also find it fascinating too that he he also is just very I he's like he's very particular with who he works with. And um as far as like company wise, like do never say never obviously you know maybe that's the theme of our our podcast here but like i i doubt we'll ever see him in wwe but he could there's just so many like people that he could wrestle within wwe or nxt that i think would just be incredible if it weren't on wwe product if you know what i mean yeah the wwe style does not fit him at all. No, it would no, 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 it no. would limit yeah. him. I mean, maybe like a one off on like a like if they ever do the cruiserweight classics again, I could see them bringing oh, him in and, and him basically pulling a Zack Saber Junior and being like, yeah, no, I don't want a contract. <laughs> the fact that he moved up from junior heavyweight to heavyweight and can still what do what he does at a it's insane. With like and I and and Will Osprey's not a big guy, but the amount of muscle and how fast and fluid and some of the shit like it's insane that with the amount of muscle he's put on that he can still basically do but again to tom's point he's kind of reinvented himself but still when you're like oh will osprey holy shit he did and he still will pull out this like triple axle flip it's insane and we've seen that live and it's it's fantastic so uh my return of the year um was uh soraya I think it was just, I, I think the the perfect, just a perfect storm of it building up to her returning. And I'm, I'm, I'm always really happy to see uh, people who are passionate about wrestling, be able to um, close, close the chapter on their life, their own way. And, and um, I love that, you know, guys like Daniel Bryan, uh, Edge, Soraya, so is it Soraya? Soraya? I always, we're always, um, it's Soraya. With, with, with the medical knowledge that we do have, 
I'm so glad to see that they're able to to come back on the, on their own terms. And I think we're going to see a hell of a year from her. Uh, I think we're going to see some in, in wonderful matches between uh, Jamie Hayter and her and uh, Britt Baker again. Um, I think her and Tony Storm uh, would be great. I know that there's rumors and rumblings of uh, Sasha Banks, now known as Mercedes Vernada, um, right? Did I say that right? Varnado. Varnado. Oh, gosh. So <laughs> I apologize, everybody. So it's not as bad uh, as El Hijo del Vikingo. Yeah. No, I, no, I wasn't even going to attempt that. But um, <laughs> well, I, I, I think uh, I think she's going to have a really, really great 2023. Um, so, yeah, that that's – I mean, it's as simple as that. Um, I did have uh, a runner-up for that as well, and that was Bray Wyatt. However – I'm just very nervous. I'm very nervous about his return. I think his return to, to, to go back a couple of podcasts, like Jim said, I think it was one of the best returns we've ever seen, but now what? And I think we're in that muddled now what phase and it's getting to like, Oh, this could be fucking awesome. Or, Oh boy. <laughs> Here. Oh, um, so yeah, those are my two, my, my returns of the, of the year. Mike, what do you got? No, and, and, and really quick Tom, I want to say, uh, Soraya, great choice. Um, and, and, and just the fact too, would love to see, uh, uh, a Tony storm, Soraya, uh, Tony storm or, uh, uh, Soraya, Jamie Hayter, that British strong style type. Oh my God, please. Uh, you know, Soraya, if, 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 I know. I think we talked about her uh, a little while ago. Um, if you don't know, she comes from a very, very deep history of wrestling. Like literally, that's all her family does is wrestle and has known wrestling. Um, but very, very, very good um, at, at what they do in their craft um, and 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 promoting the British strong style. And I, I dollars to donuts. At some point, they had some sort of influence on Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, both British, by the way, uh, English, UK, whatever. Um, you know, uh, so it just, but good. It, it, I, I think we're going to see some good shit. Uh, so couldn't agree more. Um, I'll try and keep mine really quick. Uh, it, you know, for my return of the year, um, uh, believe it or not, I mentioned him earlier. Um, I thought you guys may have picked up on it or not, but, um, big bill, William Morrissey. Um, I, I kind of went a different approach with this. Um, I, I've never been a big guy. Guy, if that makes any sense, um, I've always felt that pretty limited in their moveset. You're a big guy. You're kind of scary. You do this. You do this. I, I always kind of had my eye on on. He, I know he used to be known as Cass, whatever. It, he just seemed a little different. Um, and it, it, they, they. I thought they did really well with putting him with a loudmouth with Enzo. Like, okay. At sure, you know, at some point I thought it was kind of an interesting heel turn. I, I again, I think they just didn't do it right, shockingly, uh, when it was like the big guy finally gets tired of the loud mouth. Like, I, cool, okay, we can all, and again, kind of just misused, but unfortunately, um, he kind of had an episode of, or a falling out. Um, and I think this is very publicly known, um, really struggled with alcohol dependency, substance abuse, whatever you want to call it, um, and um, suffered a very probably what could probably be a career killer, probably one of the most embarrassing things ever. Essentially, he had a medical episode, a very dangerous medical episode on, on caught on camera, um, and he's 
talked about it very openly that he blames that on the fact that he was he was like a binge drinker from like morning to night after getting his release and whatnot. Um, and I mean, the 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 like oof pictures like, you know, or, you know, when you're what is it called? The fantasy versus reality kind of things like that poor guy. I mean, really was destroyed. I mean, really for a, a long time. And when he came back, um, I, I believe it. He he came back, if you really want to call it, um, last year uh, with uh, Molina and he came out. But like everyone was like, holy shit, he looks really good. Like, interesting. OK, what's going on? And then I believe uh, it was this year he came back out at Impact and he looked amazing. And I was like, OK. Oh, good. Okay. Like I can see, you know what I mean? It just, you felt this, I I felt a fire, a passion, and I was really happy for the guy. Like, because a lot of guys don't make it out of that. Like, look at some of the guys in the wrestling industry that have succumbed to that and have died. And he got his fucking shit together. And I think he's openly said, I got my fucking shit together and he's come back and I'm really happy for him. And I, 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 if he makes it to the WWE, if that's where he wants to go, I'm happy for him. But what a fucking return, you know, like really what a return, like, that guy couldn't have hit more rock bottom and then comes back and it, it, amazing shape. He's doing good stuff. I, this program with hook, if they do this right. Oh God, bless, way to go. Tony Khan, like great way to like put hook over and make big bill look great, you know, and getting back to where if, if that's where he wanted to go, you're well on your way, pal. And good for you. So that was my return of the year. I'm a sucker for a good, you know, I know he's a heel, but I'm a sucker for a good, a good story and a good face. Uh, turn and I thought that was great. I, I really thought, and it, it's going to be interesting, guys. What do you What do you think about Big Bill? Yeah, I, I think he's he's destined for a return to WWE. I think he's perfect for that because he, he, when he went out, he went out the right way. He didn't leave because he, he got released, and he didn't get released and then start talking shit. He didn't burn bridges. In fact, he repeatedly said, "I completely understand why they fired me." Right. It, it, they did the right thing in firing me. I think the most important thing he's done to build that bridge to allow him to go back to WWE eventually is that he has separated himself from Enzo. <laughs> yeah. That motherfucker is just toxic nuclear waste. So I no, I think, you know, I think I think Big Bill, William Cassidy, uh, you know, Big Cass, whatever you want to call him. I think he's he he has had a great year. He's had a great comeback. Uh, I I wish the firm stuff had paid off a little bit more. Little I wish. Bit, yeah. I, I I loved the vision that I could see for him in that stable. Uh, and I think that would have been fantastic. But I agree. I think this program with him and Hook is going to be a real um, litmus test. Uh, for for what his future is going to be, but I I think so far he's done very well, and I, I agree. Great story. He's got a great story in his comeback. Yeah, and I think to Tom to kind of build off what you said about him. I mean, what a perfect way to be like he's Ethan Page's like kind of henchman is like you said, you know. And what a way to for all three of them. It's a good storyline. Right. You know, Big Bill is the guy, and Ethan Page. You know, Big Bill comes in, destroys Ethan Page, like you said, picks up the carcass, and Hook is he that gets beaten up and you know comes through the adversity and whatnot. So I don't know, Tom. Do you have anything to say about? Uh, uh, Big Bill or William Moore. Not, not too much. He changed I, names. I, 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 uh, big was it? Big XL or whatever his name was. Kaz XL. Oh, it was Kaz Kaz XL. That was when he was still with Enzo. And I mean, look at look, seriously. Look at like when he was still hanging around with Enzo, and when he dropped Enzo. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. I, I 
I think it's very commendable uh, the way that he has rebuilt his his uh, character and and honestly rebuilt his life. Um, and I think it's it's admirable <clears throat> it's admirable uh, to watch from afar. And you, you can't hate a guy who you know works his ass off, gets into better shape, and you know cuts ties with toxic uh, friends. And and I, it is it's cool to see. I it's a great pick, great pick, man. Three. So, uh, we've been focusing on, uh, uh, solo acts, uh, uh, the past couple of our picks. So I think it's time to, uh, not talk about one, but two. Yes. That is the tag team of the year. Um, I think I'll start off, uh, just go with it. Uh, maybe some overlap here, but, um, FTR, uh, is my, 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 easy choice slam dunk yeah slam dunk I mean the year that these guys had and it's I'm I'm really intrigued to see where they're going uh, with this losing streak Uh, they most recently have dropped the triple A uh, tag team titles uh, which was my uh, was on my list for duds of the year because it doesn't make any fucking sense like why would you drop the title to somebody to immediately announce the day after that you're going to the WWE? Thought that was odd. And I'm like, okay, weird. I get, you know, dropping the titles, FTR dropping the titles, but just that was a very odd choice to piggyback off of that. Anyway, mm-hmm. back to FTR and the year that they've had. Um, but uh, it's it just unbelievable. Um, they've had a series of matches with the Briscoes. Um, that has spanned, um, I think 2021 was when they first, but there was several matches over 2022, which were, uh, five star and above, um, and just really great gritty tag team wrestling. Um, the fact that these gentlemen had these titles at this point, um, also giving, they were given the ability to go and defend these titles, you know, um, with ring of honor, with AAA, with new Japan and, and that's really kudos to Tony Khan is letting them in seeing the talent in FTR. Um, and I think this is the year that they really needed. They were both healthy this year. Um, and I think it's really cool that they're also um, it, it's interesting to see what they're doing with cash, but they're starting to build uh, Dax um, as it really reminds me of a Dean Malenko um, um, oh my God, um, Arn Anderson, where it's like, you're going to turn in, tune in. It might be mid card, but you're going to see a damn good wrestling match. And it's just, it's, so it's interesting to see what they're doing there and why they haven't done that with cash because they're both equally very good solo. Um, this may actually get talked about later. I'm not sure, but, um, cash and Dax had a match this year. That was actually pretty fucking amazing. Um, for two tag team partners who solely focus on tag team wrestling. Um, highly suggest watching it. I believe it was the Owen Hart uh, classic. Um, phenomenal. Phenomenal. I, I had no idea who was going over, and it was just as a wrestling fan, I was hooked. It it reminded me of the WCW days, NWA days. Um, I, I could go on and on and on. Everybody knows, um, I think, at this point on this podcast, I'm a huge FTR guy. I've seen them live. They're fantastic live. I've seen them when they're absolutely just horrible heels. They're great. They're babyface. They get a pop. They're heel. They get a pop. They're just, they're great. And I'm really intrigued to see what they're going to do this year. Um, And, you know, word on the street is that they kind of want to start 
getting into they kind of want to get away from the national spotlight um and get back to the roots of indie wrestling which is pretty fucking cool um and i will gladly pay for you boys to come out and watch a you know 100 event arena with ftr uh cruising the indies so again really intrigued to see what they're going to do but that's my pick for tag team of the year i i didn't have a runner-up i'm sorry ftr all the way um they destroyed it for me um and just reinforced why i love wrestling um lastly their series of finishers that they do uh the i believe it's what tully and arn used to do or it's a nod to tully and arn i'm sorry it's one of the best fun finishers in the game is the suplex into the big splash classic big spot wrestling and they do it perfectly so ftr that's my pick uh jim tag team of the year I mean, I, dude, I didn't. Th- <laughs> I don't know how there could be any other choice I than FTR. I mean, really, honestly, they, they, they just <sighs> the fact that they were able to hold simultaneously the Ring of Honor, New Japan, Triple A, my God, and then put on phenomenal matches working as faces, working as heels, working in trios, working as singles. My God, just what a fucking year for those two guys. Um, If I had to give a runner-up, I'd say the acclaimed. I thought they had a great fucking run this year. Uh, I think even FTR and the in you know in his podcast, Dax Harwood puts over the acclaimed. He says that they're you know they're they're doing a really good job and they're working hard and they're learning a lot. Um, but I just yeah, to me, there's no competition. It's this was FTR. This was the year of FTR, plain and simple. Uh, mine was the uh, model guys. Uh, <laughs> uh, Maximum male models. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even I know their name. <laughs> uh, no, man. FDR all the way. Uh, I agree with both of you guys. Um, I think they're making tag team wrestling 100% relevant again. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think they have proven time and time again after every match that tag teams, uh, tag team match or tag team wrestling, excuse me, uh, can headline pay per views. Uh, those guys are just so fun to watch. They're such, they're such throwback heels. Um, Dax just seems like such a, a, a very kind and compassionate person about, uh, you know, professional wrestling cash. Um, I think cash is, is very selfless. And I think that's kind of rare, um, in tag team wrestling. Um, so yeah, yeah, I absolutely, they, they put on, Phenomenal match after phenomenal match. I think one of the best matches, tag team matches I've I've seen in a very long time was uh, the series that they did with the Briscoes. Um, I think where the Bucks, you you see the Young Bucks as like fun, flashy, um, but FTR is like take us serious because this you know tag team wrestling can be your bread and butter. Um, FDR, per, uh, yeah, there's no, there's no tag team that comes to mind other than FDR. Well, and what kills me about that, you know, all this effusive praise we have for FTR, Vince McMahon never liked tag team wrestling. And as a result, tag teams were never, you know, they, just that comment you made Tom about how they prove that a tag team match can, can headline any show. 
fucking ain't right they can you know and i'm a big fan of tag team wrestling they're big fans of tag team wrestling and they do they show that this is an art form all to itself and i just it, it you know calling back to our our clickbaits the fact that vince mcmahon always held back tag team wrestling just blows my fucking mind because just it's just amazing what those guys are the storytelling yeah they're able to pull off in that fucking ring it's just it's it's a thing of beauty it's just absolutely a thing of beauty well and i think even and that's what just it it blows my mind is that they had in in several other tag teams in the nxt era when they were there had several like I, th- I believe match of the year candidates with alpha academy mm-hmm. um i think um they did oh what was diy diy was another one um that pop when they came out when they debuted uh when it was i think with the new day and it was Corey graves like god bless him what do you know like kind of was popping for him and they got a great it, it, i was like oh my god we're gonna see some good tag team wrestling and like you said jim it just it sucked and it was to see what they were going to become and God bless them for being like, we got to get out of here. Um, I think it's, it was, it was, I'm sure it was probably one of the hardest decisions you have to make um, because Dax is, it's Tom, to your point is very open about how passionate this is my livelihood. This is my living. And, you know, I think I I, I don't know him, but I'm sure he was like, my God, I would have, I would have done that to make money. Um, If you don't know what I'm talking about, go look up what, what uh, they were going to turn FTR into. Um, it's pretty funny. Oh, and weird. even the young bucks, like it was, I mean, you got to laugh, but it's, it's, you know, um, but they would have done it knowing those guys because they love this industry and that's how they make their money. But I'm glad they didn't. They saw that their talent could be elsewhere and it's been proven for this year, uh, for everything that we've said. So I pretty cool. Um, I wasn't sure on this one, to be honest, I was like, ah, are we going to be unanimous on it? I really wasn't sure. Um, I, I was, I had a, my I was uh, acclaimed and Briscoe's were kind of up there just because, but then I was like, no, nah, it's, it's FTR. Like it just, well, you know, you knew damn well we were going to pick the fucking Usos. So, I mean, like who else is, I mean, really like the Briscoe's, the Briscoe's haven't had a lot of matches this year. I mean, they've, they, they, they put on some good ones, but they haven't been, you know, done a lot of work. Three, two, one. If you've been listening to our show, you know that we are uh, pretty, I I would say, pretty fair handed uh, and pretty equal about our both our criticisms and our praise. Uh, But one of the things we're most proud of is being even handed and equal in terms of covering both male professional wrestling and female professional wrestling. And so in that vein, we want to now talk about the male wrestler of the year. So who is the male star that we believe had the best year? Uh, I'll lead it off and I'll go ahead and say what I I think some people might consider this kind of a uh, generic or obvious answer, but I still feel strongly about it either way. And that is, I think John Moxley. (laughs) I will fucking, I will rage quit this goddamn podcast. I will rage quit the fuck out of this podcast. Uh, I, <laughs> sorry um, he hasn't no, up John yet. Moxley. Uh, yeah for a reason um I, th- I think mox had a great fucking year and yeah, not only did he have great league. matches but the fact that he was there right mox was a consistent great worker all of 2022 and and i i i have been a fan of his for a minute 
And I, now I respect the fuck out of him after seeing the work rate he put in this year and seeing how much he carried AEW. I just, I think John Moxley had a fantastic fucking year and, and deserves, deserves to be one of those top guys for a very long time in AEW. I think he can coast off of this year for a while. He won't. And that's part of the reason I respect him so fucking much is because he won't coast, but he could get away with it. He did so much this year and proved to be such a valuable asset. Um, I, I think just very few people have had as good a year in professional wrestling as John Moxley had in 2022. I kind of am a little surprised by your pick, Jim, because my pick as well was John Moxley. Uh, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think after coming back uh, from rehab, we saw him refreshed. We saw him rejuvenated. Um, I think just to add to your point a little bit, uh, the fact that he can go wrestle at AEW in front of thousands of people and then immediately to an indie um, as, you know, the term bingo hall is thrown around a lot. Um, and he has no problem with it. He's and, and from what I understand too, he does not, uh, require a big payday. He just kind of does it out of his own, like good nature. Um, I, he, he's incredible. He is once, I feel like in our, he's our generations once in a lifetime, you won't see another guy like him. Um, he's just such a workhorse and man, that's just super admirable. Um, to, to see and, and, and to see that like love and passion of, professional wrestling not sports entertainment but professional wrestling the dude the dude 2022 is definitely his year for sure man wow god it really interesting choices um by both of you um i'm i'm kind of surprised uh to be honest um it's uh no i i it, what's there to say about mox i've seen him live uh three times um no yeah three times this year three or four times uh, he was five feet in front of me at one of them. Um, he came through the floor, which was like, it's a pretty fucking great entrance. I'm not a big fan of the wild thing, um, but that was pretty great being like, holy shit, it's John Moxley. Um, I do prefer the strong style, um, British style, whatever it is you want to try and categorize John Moxley into. Um, I love. Um, <clears throat> I think. He's really good on his misses. He knows when he misses and he's really fucking good when he when he hits. Um, you know, I will say it's interesting because this is going to come up uh, in just a minute uh, or two. Um, I was really kind of actually let down by his uh, his Tanahashi match at Forbidden Door. Um, that kind of that kind of sucked. Um, but I know there were different things at play at that point because uh, CM Punk was injured. Uh, but I, you know, it was cool, um, you know, because they kind of had me with the ace, you know, he's like, you think you're the ace, like they're going to start calling me ace like that's cool. And I love that AEW and Tony Khan loves them, lets their guys be them and and nod to these, you know, independent wrestlers and reach out to their to their crowd of people. But um, I um, man, I could go on about Mox, but I took a different approach um, because I was like. I man, I I I did. I I will fully admit. I looked a little research, and I was like, "What's everybody's thoughts? I want to see what else is going around. What what's everybody else thinking?" Mox, Mox, MJF, Mox, MJF. Um, I think I saw a one Austin Theory, and I was like, "But woof, okay, Fuck that. that guy doesn't know wrestling." And I was like, "Something's wrong there." But like, I just 
I, I, I really, the spirit of this podcast was to, to, you know, um, I know we, we, we talk about a lot of different wrestlers and we talk about a lot of different topics, but really the spirit of this podcast was, um, you know, to spotlight, um, ultimately whether that's a, a, um, uh, an older wrestler, a newer wrestler, an up and coming wrestler or whatever. But I took it as putting a spotlight on a really good wrestler. Sid Vicious? <laughs> Guys, it's Sid Vicious. For, no. Um, and I believe it or not, when we decided to do this podcast the year in review, I had my pick um, already. Um, and my uh, male wrestler of the year is uh, Brody King. Um, I thought wow. he killed it this year. I really do. Um, and for multiple reasons, because he was really building something with the NWA. I know a lot, we could say a lot about the NWA, but he was kind of carrying on villain enterprises, which I was great. Fantastic. Brody King just fits. If you don't know Brody King, just I'm not going to get into it, but just Google a picture of Brody King and all of this will make sense. But it, I thought villain enterprises, then obviously the pandemic and it changed everything. Um, and he, you know, he, I, I believe he was doing the best he could during the pandemic, but ultimately he connects with, uh, Malachi black in AEW. Um, and he debuts right after the new year. Uh, so early January, 2022, and everybody knew he was coming. And when he came out, it was great. And I was like, yes, I just, I love this guy. Um, and I hope they get him to shine. And I thought he really had some shining moments in 2022. I thought he was a great heater, um, i.e. a support guy for Malachi Black. Like, what a great guy to bring in is your fucking heavy. Is this tattooed like fits perfectly. Um, I think they even won, um, which was a kind of a candidate uh, for one of my matches of the year is when they showed up at PWG and won the tag team titles as uh, the Kings of the Black Throne. I'm like, my, my God, you're appealing to my black metal and doom metal heart. Like, oh, my God, like it was awesome. And it was even when Malachi Black showed up, it was great because you knew Brody was probably not far behind. Um, so they they capture that. He has that. Um, Tom and I saw him at a uh, it was a it again at a New Japan Strong show where it was like a brawl for all. And everybody was popping for Brody. And a big thing in the Indies was it was Brody, Brody fucking King. And hearing that was just great. And him acknowledging that and just he was great. And he did. He came into our section and he was like, you want more violence? And it was just, yeah, you know, everybody just loving and popping for Brody. Um, and no, then that's enough. Yeah. That's an He's had enough. He's had enough. <laughs> Please. No. Um, and then, but then he, um, I think what really excelled him and got me really excited for Brody and started to put him on the map and think that, that bigger things are coming for him, um, is he won the battle Royal, uh, to determine the number one contender, uh, and really did it in a fucking pretty badass way when he's holding Darby Allen and he just lets him go and he wins, but then he gets to face your guy Mox and, Gentlemen, that was a fucking amazing match. It really was good. Was and good. they beat each other up because Brody can do it, but it put Brody over. And it was, that's, again, great pick for Mox, but to me it just made, he's like, okay, these are the new guys that are coming in that can carry it. So I, I'm, I, my pick was Brody King. 
you know, I follow him uh, through Instagram, his band. It, yes, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little much for some people, but God's hate is actually doing really well because of his success in AEW. It's a bit hardcore, but you know, that's my jam. Um, but I'm just really happy for what he's doing. Um, but he's really good at promoting other people like Ethan Page, Dan Housen, and he's bringing people up and it's really cool to see. Um, and I think that that's, it speaks to his hardcore kind of roots, the punk rock kind of metal scene where it's just like, you know, kind of one for all. We're all people. So I think it's really cool. And I think he's really going to have a cool 2023. And if I had to say a fantasy booking would be something how he takes over the House of Black or something with Malachi Black. I could see that. I, I'm in. I think it's cool. That's just my jam. But that's my guy for male wrestler of the year. So just a little different. But three, two, one. For female wrestler of the year, I actually I wrote down a name, deleted it, wrote down. Um, I kind of went on a different approach, like Mike did, and my female wrestler of the year is Rhea Ripley. Uh, that my my reasoning behind it is the work that she's doing with Judgment Day. Uh, whatever opinion you have of Judgment Day, I'm sorry, but Rhea has done a phenomenal job carrying that entire group. Um, I love Finn Balor. Um, I just feel like this is kind of some of the weakest, um, stuff we've seen from him. Not been a Damian Priest guy, huge Guerrero fan. um, (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, huge, um, Dominic Mysterio fan. Um, but no, I, I think she has taken the ball and ran with it, uh, with some pretty weird booking. Um, I think too little too late at the end of the year, they started to book her as like a kind of a monster to uh, the women's division. Uh, but I think she's, she's had a phenomenal year. I think she's done some really, really great work. Um, the, we, we throw around the, the, the term journeyman. So she would be a journey woman. Uh, I think what, whatever she's given, she just knocks it out of the park. Um, I did, I was taught, I was kind of bouncing back between Jamie Hayter and uh bianca belair but i feel like i just feel like bianca i don't want to say was handed anything but it just seems very cookie cutter to me and and i i think she's that doesn't go against her her ability whatsoever i think she's a phenomenal wrestler i think she's had amazing matches i just think i just admire and appreciate someone who can make good of a bad situation or bad booking or bad story and just knock it out of the park. And I think that's Rhea Ripley. Hands uh, down. Good pick Tom. No, I, I, I think Rhea's and well said too. Um, it's, I hope she doesn't fall into the, the journey woman um, phase. I think she deserves much more, um, but everything Absolutely. she's taken, she knocks it out of the park and she's doing really well. Cause she is carrying the fuck out of Dominic Dominic. Yeah. Sorry. Dominic Mysterio. Like, Yikes. He's not worth getting his name right. I, so I, I got to give him his name, right? At least, but God bless. You know, I'm sure Rhea Ripley had better things to do on Christmas Eve than was like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, I don't know if it was filmed on Christmas Eve or whatever, but still, I'm sure it was like, I have better things to do with my time. The, but. Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving one was great. It was perfect. And then they were like, let's try to recreate that magic. And it, it was like, uh, yeah, oh. no, you hit one home run. Just stop it, you know, but. Um, Tom, Tom said something about Rhea Ripley a long time ago. That's always really stuck with me. And she's 
continually kind of kept to this is that she's that well, she's she's a female version of Pete Dunn, and it's she's just that constant villain. And I just which I wish. Uh, don't get me started on the whole Butch thing, but she's a villain and she's she's doing a damn good job, as William Regal would say. I think honestly, William Regal would be really proud. She's a she's a proper villain and she's yeah, doing really well at it. And I I can't wait to see what else she's gonna do because I don't think I I I know her vibe is the judgment day. Um and I I she's expressed that, I think, actually, is that she actually kind of gets to play herself, but I I that I feel that could pigeonhole her because that whole it, 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 I don't going down a rabbit hole because of like you could say oh you know Malachi Black and oh this and that but like it just with what I feel like with what Rhea's just she could pigeonhole herself when she could be a lot more um, and I think it's cool that she gets to be herself right now and I'm not trying to mean that in any demeaning way but I don't know Jim does that make sense you know it's no that- absolutely it does yeah because you I mean look you, you think about the 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 wrestlers who have had a long standing legacy and and have been able to to be great for many many years and very very few of them have been able to do it while being pigeonholed right you know like like the undertaker was the undertaker his entire career but he reinvented what what it meant to be the undertaker so yeah i think you're 100% correct rhea ripley needs she she needs to find the pocket but the pocket is is got to be big enough that she has room to move in it yep. as well. Yeah, no, she's put on. No, I, I've been a big fan of her since uh, I was actually at the the war the war games in Chicago, uh, where Rhea Ripley's team versus Shayna Baszler's team, and where where really that that really kind of helped propel Rhea Ripley. Uh, you know, it was it was the lead up to her winning the NXT Women's Title. Uh, it really kind of launched her into that next level. Uh, and and she's she's phenomenally talented. And I've been, like I said, I've been a fan of hers for a long time. Uh, I think she's definitely had a good year for the points that Tom made. She was handed chicken shit and turned it into chicken salad. And I, I, I think that's a, it takes a special kind of talent to be able to do that and to keep doing it. Uh, and the fact that she's she's doing something that WWE has always been very shy about doing, and that is intergender wrestling. She's she's getting the the idea of a woman and a man getting physical in a ring. This is kind of, you know, not uncharted, but it's rarely touched territory. So that that's a good indication too of how much they trust and respect her yeah. and, and what she's able yeah. to do. And she's what, 27, 26? She's, she's young. She's yeah, very she's young. young. And I, I, I wanted to add real quick um, that I think we're going to see in the next couple of years, uh, Charlotte, and Becky kind of do the, uh, I don't want to say John Cena route, but John Cena route where their careers are coming to an end. They're pursuing different things. And I think Rhea is that, that wrestler who can easily take over that throne and, and move the product or continue to move the product forward. I think she's perfect as, as all the other um, women are, kind of their 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 wrestling crews coming to an end mike no surprise here um it's uh it's miss jamie hater uh she just ah man go back and listen to everything i've ever said about her on several podcasts um you know i she started the she started the year off great as brits kind of uh you know understudy and you know kind of her 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 heater uh you know kind of the heavy 
in the relationship and started to just, you know, again, through dark elevation, different matches on her own, um, really had some really, really good stuff. And then it was about midsummer, right when Britt dropped the title. Um, and it was, uh, uh, I think it was, you know, Britt trying to get the title back and, you know, she relied heavily on Jamie uh, and Jamie, like a lot of people were like, oh, man, she's really good. And I think it's just a credit to how Jamie transitioned from essentially a supporting role into a starring role. And I thought she did it really, really well. Um, And I think that's why she's my female wrestler of the year. Um, She can wrestle. Um, She can, you know, I think her 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 gimmick is kind of starting to catch on where it's just you know it's this kind of techno tough tough british girl you know kind of catching on and i think having brit in a supporting role and you want to talk about what a transition um to go from being like probably one of the most talked about females to a supporting role and she's doing it amazingly and brit's doing it what a supporting role and what a good also I feel like could be a potential setup for a phenomenal feud of Jamie Hader versus Britt Baker. You've got mean girls. It's just everything. It's just solid gold written all over it. Thunder Rosa comes back. You've got her in the mix. It's, it's great. I just, I think Jamie's, I've seen her wrestle live several times. The, the pop she gets is great. People love her. Um, it's just, it's that good. It's again, it's, she reminds me of, I would love to see again, uh, a Soraya, and uh, Jamie Hader match because it's it's kind of almost like that passing of the torch of, hey, you know, we're British wrestling's a thing like, yes, this is entertainment. This is also wrestling and there there could be a good combination and women can do this, too. And Jamie does it really, really well. Um, and I thought um, I was there when they announced that Jamie Hader was the women's the the women's champion and now no longer the interim. And it was uh, it was through the roof. I was ecstatic. Everybody else was too. So well-deserved. Um, check out all of her matches. Um, if I had to pick one um, very recently, and it's been very high on several people's lists, was the match she had with Sheeta. Um, two phenomenal, phenomenal young talents showing what good wrestling is about on a main stage, on a fucking main event, on a cable television show. So kudos tip of the cap captain howdy <laughs> shit did i get fuck i got it no, wrong did it again. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> uh tip of the cap uh well done um and i'm really excited to see what's what what's next for jamie so that's my pick for me the the best woman's wrestler of the year was mandy rose uh because Fuck the WWE. <laughs> That's why. Hell yeah. Because Good Mandy Rose held the NXT women's title for the entire fucking year. She did. Save a month. And got <laughs> fucked over in one of the most unethical, insane, irrational, un, you know, just detestable ways possible. And then I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, just announced fan time announced that Mandy Rose cleared a million dollars in December, just December. 
And so I, as you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago about what a disgrace it was and, and how they treated her and what happened to her. And the fact that she has now turned this into her favor, uh, I, I think, you know, I, I, I'm a father of daughters and I want my daughters to be as confident in themselves as Mandy Rose's. I want my daughters to be as, as, uh, happy with themselves as Mandy Rose's. And, um, the fact that she was carrying that entire fucking company's division, women's division for a year, only to be shown the door and tossed on her ass in such a horrific way, such a horrible way. Uh, I just, I, I, I'm a Mandy Rose fan now. Um, I, I said it before when we talked about it. I never thought she was the best worker. I thought she was getting better and she was improving. Uh, but the fact that, that she could take that and turn it into, you know, something positive for her. Uh, I'm incredibly proud uh, of her. I'm incredibly happy for her. And so, yeah, almost not just as a giant fuck you to WWE, but I'm not going to lie. The giant fuck you to WWE doesn't hurt. So I would say Mandy Rose was the, the female wrestler. The good, year. good fucking choice too, Great by choice. the way. And I think, and, you know, well said, too. And I think my only I don't want to call it a concern, but hope is that Mandy still holds on to the fact that it, I, I agree with you, Jim, that she was developing. She really was getting better and better and better. And and I hope she still holds on to that um, and could parlay this into again a, a well-deserved payday for an aew or impact or something to stay and like keep developing because she really did and that was i think the thing that really cooked me with mandy rose not to be yes she is a very she's a very beautiful woman and she's made money and kudos to her god bless you girl good for you you know but she's i she's she's a good she's becoming a better wrestler and i think that's really cool and I, I keep going with that and get your get your payday and keep building and building all while just giving that middle finger back to WWE, you know, while still selling yourself however you want to, but also still developing your craft. And I think that that's my concern is don't don't well deserved if that's the if that's the career you want to take. And if this is a budding great, but you you have been getting better and better and better. And I could see and I just hope that doesn't. That's not lost, you know, because I could see where I could see good, really a lot of cool, a cool, some cool shit down the road. You know, I think uh, if if anyone over in WWE had an actual working fucking brain that they would be scared shitless right now because Mandy Rose just proved I don't need WWE. WWE needs me. Uh, and we've talked about it kind of like with Sammy Guevara uh, about like who needs who in this situation. And I think it is. It is a wonderful, absolute wonderful way for Mandy Rose to prove like, hey, I don't I don't need to fucking wrestle. I don't need to do this. Um, I can make money. I can make a million dollars in a month. Like and I do. I think the longevity of that making a million every month, probably not. But this is this is one situation and we've joked around about how like wrestling fans are the worst where wrestling fans are kind of the best because they're like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to make sure that she's taken care of at least since she's been fired. And I think that's incredible. I, I think you're dead on about how WWE should be fucking terrified of this because when you think about 
the risks that are involved with working for WWE, I mean, the risk reward kind of calculus you have to do. Uh, and, you know, you're right. I think I think Mandy's obviously got a no compete. Right. So she's got to write out this no compete section of her contract. But because, yeah, that million dollars a month isn't going to happen every month for the next 20 years. It's a very, very small window. There's a novelty there that absolutely played into the $1 million a month. But why, if she can do that well in a month and do another month, maybe two of continuing to do well and then come into AEW. Now, remember this. Remember, Mandy debuted on the main roster as part of Soraya's group, right? She, oh, yeah. she, she debuted on the main yeah. roster with Beach. So there's a history there between Soraya and Mandy. And so if Mandy were to show up in AEW with Soraya, I, I just, I, the fact, I mean, look at how AEW has handled Tony Storm. You know, Tony Storm was catching a lot of grief from traditional people because after she left, you know, uh, NXT, after she left WWE, her only fans blew up. And, you know, a lot of the traditionalists were hemming and hawing and clutching their pearls. Mm-hmm. The blueprint's already there. They don't give a shit. They signed, you know, Paige Van Zant has a massive OnlyFans income, and they didn't give a shit when they signed her. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's a great fit for Mandy to continue to do what she's doing, wait out that no compete, show up in AEW, and then she, then she has dual revenue, then she has dual income coming in, and good for her. And you know, the best revenge is to live a good life, and and God bless her. I, I wish her nothing but the best. Yeah, I, I remember uh, my wife and I were, uh, where were we? I Somewhere out driving around the city um, and I saw the news that it was like Mandy Rose becomes a millionaire. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like, and she's like, what? And I'm like, Mandy Rose became a millionaire. And she's like, hell yeah, girl. And I was like, awesome. Damn good, right. good for fucking you. Good for, Damn right. good for fucking you, girly Get girl. On you. Three, two, one. So event of the year, uh, you know, um, some some damn good events of the year uh, for 2022. Um, I, again, kind of just went a little different route on this one. Um, was it the best? Absolutely not. Um, but I think it was one of the most important um, events of the year. Um, and again, if you're buried under a rock, I'm talking about the Forbidden Door. Um it, it, it had a lot of hype. Um, unfortunately, I, I caught a little bit of bad luck. Um, there definitely were some key matches that I was really looking forward to. Um, why some certain talent was left out is still kind of, <laughs> I think, still being worked out. Um, but, uh, you know, I it was exactly what I think wrestling needed. Um, it, you know, it, did it, was it a home run? No. Was it a triple? Eh, sure. We'll call it that. You know, it, it got us excited. It just, it, you know, the finish wasn't again, what we expected, uh, you, you know, but just the fact that, that two companies, two very, very, one very, very big company. And, and let's be honest, one, you know, kind of floundering company were able to put on essentially you know, one of the biggest professional wrestling events in the past couple of years and were able to sell out an arena. Yes, it was in Chicago. Yes, Chicago's a wrestling crowd. But, uh, uh, okay, what's Madison Square Garden? Uh, what's, you know, anything out in L.A.? Like, please, you know, WWE does it all the time. Um, and I think it was this is really important because, again, it bridged the gap and you can have there were some there were some gems that came out of that. 
Um, this may get talked about um, in our final topic of the evening, but um, I implore you to watch Will Ospreay versus uh, Orange Cassidy from that event. It is absolutely phenomenal. And again, a credit to we've always talked about on this podcast how great of a talent Orange Cassidy is, but yet how amazing Will Ospreay is. So, um, you know, but this again, it showed that two companies can work together that can break the forbidden door. Um, I know I, I hope this wasn't put on because people were like, oh, man, we need something big. We've been always talking about the forbidden door. I hope this is something that is continues. I, I, I really do. I really hope this is going to be a big surprise for 2023 is another forbidden door. Um, you know, when some certain people are healthy and s- other people are actually invited uh, and, and, and whatnot here in the States, um, maybe in Chicago, I, whatever, somewhere, um, a good wrestling town. But yeah, that was my event of the year uh, was Forbidden Door uh, for, you know, wasn't the best. Um, you know, a lot of people actually thought it, it it definitely didn't live up to the hype, but I thought it was one of the most important. Um, and to just keep growing this this business and the industry that I love um, and, you know, keep me tuning in, which it did. So I bought it, loved it. Um, you know, again, wasn't my favorite, but probably one of the most important. So, uh, you know, again little bit of an odd pick but uh tom what's your what's your pick for event of the year uh actually it was the same oh right on <laughs> yeah uh i i totally agree with you i think it was incredibly important to the wrestling business um yeah it, it definitely uh there was some bummer you know pullouts for sure i think punk versus tanahashi would have been phenomenal i i don't know why they didn't utilize naito um i, I think that's what you're alluding to to why um like why he wasn't involved, which is crazy. Um, and I think that would have been actually a better fit for Mox. If it was Naito versus Mox, I think that would have been slated perfectly. No, I, I think it was incredibly important. And I hope this is, a, a, you know, just testing the water for every wrestling company out there that can, you know, afford to put on shows like that, that like, if you guys just put your egos aside and just make it all about professional wrestling, um, to do it for the fans. Uh, and I've been saying it for years. I think WWE should do it. Um, cause God damn it. I want to see John Cena versus Tanahashi so bad. Uh, it's just basically like insert the two Spider-Man pointing at each other. Um, I think it would be great. Um, and, and will it happen? I don't, who knows who it, it's up in the air, you know, triple H has a great mind for it. Um, but yeah, it was, I think, um, it, it was definitely, the most important uh, event of the year for sure, by far. Far be it for me to correct you two. Uh, but guess what? You're wrong, bitches. The biggest event of the year uh, was all out. Uh, I think, you know, I, 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 I take solace in the fact that all three of us chose Chicago shows uh, because, again, another theme of this podcast is that Chicago is the best fucking wrestling town there is. Uh, but I thought all out was, I mean, just remind, let's remind us of the card here, okay? You had Hook, you had Pac, you had Eddie uh, Eddie Kingston, Kip Sabian, you had the the Casino Ladder Match, you had the Elite, you had the Dark Order, you had Wardlow and FTR, Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Stark, you had Swerve in Art Glory against the Acclaimed, Tony Storm versus Britt Baker, headlined, of course, by CM Punk versus John Moxley. Just, I mean, fuck, man. So many good matches on this card. 
Now, obviously, we talked about, you know, the fallout, the the, the scrum and the brawl out afterwards. But the, and that's the thing is it overshadowed an amazing show. And that's one of the things we talked about right away was how, you know, so many big things happened during that show that could have set up months if not a year of programming that got just completely overshadowed by it and and so i i just want to call back attention to the fact that all out was an amazing fucking pay-per-view it was an amazing event uh it seems like all out is every year is an amazing event it's their 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 uh you know their showcase uh as it were for aew and i I thought all out 2022 was was just another in a long string of incredible uh, events that AEW put on. No, it, it well said, Jim, too, because like, I mean, that it's it, to think of what, because that was when MJF came back, right? Was with that at that all out. And like to think what would have come of that and like where things would be right now, you know, like I'm happy. I, I'm not, I'm not absolutely not trying to shit on, uh, MJF and Ricky Starks like I or you know what's going on there or MJF and Danielson but like man that had just uh that was fantastic and unfortunately I just it again we, we've said enough about it but it just it was a good event you're absolutely right um and it, it does stink that that you know the, the events that followed kind of overshadowed it three two one all right last but certainly not least match of the year Tom, Tom, why don't you start off match of the year? Um, there's, there's not much I can, I, I, there's really not much flair I can add to it. Uh, MJF CM Punk dog collar match. I think that that was probably one of the best stories I've seen in years, decades, even, uh, the, the buildup was perfect. The payoff was perfect. You have, uh, it was emotional both in and out of the ring. You get to see CM Punk do some callbacks to his ring of honor days. Um, Some of the best promo work I've ever seen period. Um, I always said if they're, if they ever do a masterclass on doing promos, they just need to show MJF and CM Punk. That's it. Um, It was, you know everything you wanted in in a, in a great wrestling. This is this is a, a match to me where you show people um, when they ask you like, oh, why do you love professional wrestling? And it's the it, it's the MJF CM Punk feud. It, it was uh, phenomenal, just a phenomenal, phenomenal match. Uh, I think even CM Punk kind of got choked up at the medium scrum afterwards. Uh, it was just perfect. There was just a lot of emotion and. MJ, it made MJF look insanely strong. It made Punk look, you know, super strong. Everything that you want out of a, a match that's booked properly, thought out, and and uh, executed perfectly. So my match of the year: CM Punk, MJF. Mike, you 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 said you already talked about my match a little bit earlier, and I was like, I I, I was trying to keep a poker face because you brought it up, and I'm like. Fuck, don't don't show don't show my match of the year is united empire versus death triangle uh which was on an episode of ram or uh, dynamite excuse me wow. no, uh, rampage i'm sorry it was rampage uh no it was dynamite 
It was dynamite. It was dynamite. It was dynamite. Uh, yeah. From August 24th, it was dynamite. It was the first round of the trios tournament. Uh, and I just, I, I remember watching that match and texting you guys. I could watch Pac and Osprey all fucking day. And then I could watch Penta and Osprey all fucking day. And then I could watch Phoenix and Osprey. I just so many brilliant combinations in that match. Yeah. Uh, not all of them involved Will Ospreay, but most of them did. I just, it was, I mean, that match, it was a 25-minute match, and there was hardly a moment where you could sit down. It was just fucking go, 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 go. It was hard-hitting. It was a br- amazing execution. I really enjoyed the 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 back and forth of the match. Uh, I, I think all six of those guys, I'm you know, admittedly the, the United empire tag is, is a newer to me They're You know, I'm not uh, as familiar with them as I am with the other four guys who are in the match, but I, I just was just fucking blown away from start to finish. And it, it was just, it was, it was invigorating watching that match reminded me why I fucking make this a priority to watch because uh, it just it was it's just it was a it was a thing of beauty and like you guys have mentioned already a few times you know you you want somebody to watch a match to understand why do you love this so much i would put on death triangle versus united empire because it was just it was indescribable with with just how beautifully executed it was so that was my match of the year i want to chime in real quick and and say like I love how <clears throat> territorial we are with wrestlers because I was the same way with the Aussie Open. I was like, I don't know. Like, I know Will Ospreay. Like, I love Will Ospreay, <laughs> but I don't know who these two are. And when I watched that, I was like, holy crap. Like, th- wow, those dudes can throw down. And I was like, huge fan now. So, uh, Ty, uh, between Tom and I, um, this was wow. actually my match of the year as well. Um, was the was the uh, Punk MJF dog collar match? I mean, I, again, great storytelling. Um, I, you got two of the greatest, I think, that could do it on the mic, um, or at least that just it, take that back. It that work really, really well with each other. Um, and they, I, to me, they struck gold. Um, and Punk coming out in his uh, his old Ring of Honor gear uh, to his old uh, music. Um, God, I always mess this up. It's like misery. AFI. AFI. It's like misery. Miseria Cantera. It's like the beginning or something. But like, I heard that and was like, oh my god. And I think even Tom, you had sent a text. We're like, you wait, just wait. And it what an homage and you know and it was funny and then of course you know god bless the wrestling world was like is this punk swan song and like that may have been i I, it very well could have been his swan song um at this point but it's it 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 made me happy that at least in and gonna get a little deep here um is that punk is a very classically trained wrestler as where he is very interested in telling the story. Um, you know, I'm the best. I, therefore I deserve the title, the, you know, this and that and the other thing. And I think, um, MJF sees that. Um, and I think MJF is kind of carrying that torch and he's going to see that. That's why we're seeing these, it's these throwbacks to these Ric Flair and with these new, 
whatever you want to call it, um, new world we live in. Um, and I think MJF is handling it beautifully. Um, and he's learned a lot of that from punk. And I think a lot of that was on show. So, um, again, what a match. Um, again, it seems like it was the kind of a, of a, of a weird passing of a torch of that, you know, professional wrestling at its core. Um, the storytelling element, the buildup, I thought it was really well done. I mean, that's, I, it's just, that's how I think of professional wrestling. Uh, so that, yeah, that was my match of the year. If you haven't seen it, it was great. And yeah, well, I, I actually had my honorable mention was the FTR versus the Briscoes double dog collar match. That was, I'm kind of surprised. Honestly, I kind of expected that to be yours, Mike. I thought that was going to be your your match of the year because it was. I, I'm not sure if you guys have gotten a chance to watch it yet, but it's it was. My God, the drama involved the 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 viciousness of it. It, it was just it, part of the reason FTR was the tag team of the year for me is that match uh, yeah. really solidified just how committed they are to to making sure that every match is is a top top notch match that that end scene when he's got him in the submission and and cash can't get to him because jay i think it was jay was out cold and he just couldn't drag his weight i'm like oh my god like oh hook like he i uh, uh, unbelievable like masterful storytelling I did actually have some honorable mentions uh, or I had, well, it's a, a bundle of honorable mentions is go back and watch Dax Harwood's singles matches. That guy's amazing singles. Right? Like if he, if, if, cause w- word is that FTR kind of wants to like maybe kind of dissolve a little bit um, and either build on their singles or do whatever. Um, but I think if they, if they, man, if they handle Dax, well, like they could make that guy, pretty solid well and that's the thing is you know both those guys everybody thinks of them as a tag team and they are tag team specialists but they didn't meet until nxt you know they were they were the tag team was created in nxt so the fact that they have that kind of chemistry is amazing but they started as really good singles wrestlers too i mean they got into nxt as singles wrestlers so they could have individual runs and do phenomenally well. Three, two, one. To enter to end our year uh, roundup, uh, I wanted to ask you guys just a real quick, uh, real quick question of uh, who do you see having a great twenty twenty three? Jim, I'll go with you first. I mean, we've talked about several people who are who are really kind of riding the wave off of 2022 to have a big 2023. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw one, a name though, that we haven't talked about yet uh, on this show. And that is Josh Alexander, uh, the walking weapon. He's the current impact world champion. Uh, I think he's going to have a great 2023, but more so I think he's going to have a great 2023 outside of impact. I think Josh Alexander is going to get out of impact uh, I think that there is a non-zero possibility that impact gets uh, sold off uh, and or dissolves, at which point Josh Alexander would be a free agent. I think Josh Alexander in AEW would be just fucking amazing. 
I think, you know, uh, he, I don't think he should reconnect with Ethan Page and reform in the North, but I think a feud with Ethan Page would be a great starting point uh, for him to build off into a singles run in AEW. Uh, even if Impact does stick around, I think Alexander is going to have a huge year. Uh, now that Impact has picked up Jonathan Gresham, the idea of a Josh Alexander, Jonathan Gresham match just makes me want to buy all the shares uh, of impact. So I think it's going to be a big year for him. He had a great 2022 and I think 2023 is going to be even bigger uh, for Josh Alexander. Ricky Starks. um, I think it's, he's going to explode. Um, I really do. Um, I thought it was, I don't want to say it was, yeah, you could say it was rushed. Um, You know, his the buildup to uh, winter is coming, but um, they, you could tell they, they, they work really, really well together. Um, and I'm really anxious to see what they're going to do. Uh, and of course I'm talking about MJF uh, and, and Ricky Starks, but Ricky can hold his own with, you know, someone who is, is the head of the company right now. So I think um, he's going to have a very, very big year and would not be surprised if we see uh, Ricky Starks and MJF in 2023 again. So he's my guy to watch. Um, and again, if you're blind, yeah, go back and just watch, uh, his evolution has been crazy since he, uh, I think, and I think he's even talked about it too, where he, uh, it was a big gamble for him to leave the NWA to jump over to AEW and good choice. Uh, so, uh, I think my obvious, my obvious choice and the obvious choice is MJF. Um, because I, I, as much as I, I loved his work in 2022, he was a little, you know, the, he took time off to film that movie and whatnot. Um, and I think it's, I think he's set for an amazing 2023, 2024. But if I'm being honest, I really, really think we're going to see uh Wardlow. I think we're going to see a really huge push for Wardlow. I think he's a great big man. I think, the work he's doing with uh, Joe is prepping him to that. Um, and and I'm, I'm really, really excited to see, you know, where he goes from there. And I'm hoping uh, long-term booking wise that we get to see him and MJF again. And I think they'll, they'll tear it up like they always do. So um, yeah, MJF and Wardlow, I think are going to have phenomenal 2023. And that will wrap it up for this episode, but come back next time for more news analysis. And of course, our spotlighted wrestler of the week, big, 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 big thanks for giving us a listen and a super thanks for subscribing to this podcast. So you can have our dulcet tones delivered right to you each week. Feel free to leave us some feedback on your podcast delivery platform of choice on behalf of Mike, Jim, and I, we are out. Thank you.